Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, what's happening, Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast? How are you? Hi. I'm going to wait till the music stops here. I'm going to vamp a little bit. I'm not sure when it fades out. I'm going to give it a couple more seconds. And uh, probably, I think the music has stopped by now. So let's just say this so you can hear it. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I apologize to you for being so tardy or late. I don't feel tardy, and yet I clearly am. Um, I've, I've had a bit of a month here in Southern California. Uh, I've, I've done shows where I've said, oh, I had a bit of a week or I've had this or that. Uh, I, it's been uh, look, man, you know, they say I, 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 from what I've heard, March comes in like a lion, right? Is that what I've heard? March comes in like a lion and then it goes out like a lamb. So that means that it comes in, it's raging and it's fierce and it's, uh, it's full of sound and fury signifying nothing because then by the end of the month, clearly this little, uh, woolen thing waiting to be sheared and turned into a sweater is ready to prance out and bring you to April into the spring. And now we're here in April. Uh, but I'm here to tell you there is no lamb. There is no prancing. Uh, March for me came in like a lion and it is going out like a lion with a fucking machine gun. I'm not going to lie. I, uh, and, and look, I don't know whether to dive right into it. I probably should. Cause I've done, you know, I've sat here and thought about doing things and bringing you shows and then blanched, um, <laughs> because I'm scared. I'm scared of you people. I'm, uh, I'm terrified. You know, I feel like you ever see talk radio. And Bogosian at the end when he does the fucking 360 camera spin and he tells them, he's like, I'm so I'm scared of you people. I'm, I, I'm, I don't know what to do. Um, I'm not scared of you people. People have reached out. People have been very kind. People have written me notes. People have written me emails. People have written me texts to make sure that I'm OK to see that I'm all right and to make sure everything's going all right. Um, and that makes me happy. Thank you for reaching out. And and I answer people. Um, but at the same time, I, you know, I might take a couple days. I might take a couple weeks. And there's also people I have not answered. Up to now, how many times are you going to let me explain this to you? I don't, I don't know how to, uh, my head is, uh, it's, you know, haunted clearly. It's filled with bear traps. It is filled with chattering novelty teeth, <laughs> filled with bees, filled with anything that makes a constant hum or noise. And if only you could get a peek in there and take a look, if you could only see inside my skull, you'd realize that I'm all fucked. Uh, but I'm not fucked. I mean, I'm a normal guy. Clearly everything's okay. 
Um, but at the same time, it's not. I don't fucking know, man. Uh, I, I it's it's so again. Let me apologize. Let me reiterate this. Uh, I I'm I get scared. Like I I wanted. All right, I waited because I wanted to tell you. I wanted everything to be solved. Okay. Uh, and I was hoping to be able to come to you with this grand report and I would unroll a scroll and be like, I hear ye, hear ye, this happened and then this happened and then this changed and everything's fine and put a bow on it and then send it out to you guys. So, uh, so nobody was worried or sad. Um, but then I, I, I couldn't solve it. I, I was running to stand still the whole fucking time and I kept trying to solve it. And every time it looked like it was solved, something would happen. Or every time it looked like it was solved, uh, someone else would put their fucking snout in and make sure that I didn't solve anything. And, uh, and look, if you know me, you know, I'm a solver. I'm a problem solver. I'm not a saver. I'm not going to rub salve on you, but I will solve you. Um, if you're a Rubik's cube, step right up because one side of you is going to be yellow pretty fucking quick. Uh, the rest of you will still be all jumbled in crazy colors, but I can get that fucking yellow done, man. And I don't know if that says something about my cowardice or what. I'm not sure, but I am a, a, a scared person half the time. Uh, and I'm old. I, you shouldn't be scared when you're old, right? Or is it the best time to be scared? <laughs> now that I think about it, it's actually a pretty good time to be scared. Don't be scared in your youth. Just fucking dive right into fucking piles of hypodermic needles and crash a shopping cart through a window. You're That's who you are. You're a human jackass audition. Go for that when you're young. Uh, not that there's any young people listening to this fucking thing, except for Ash. Um... Still, though, uh, don't be scared. Don't don't just seize life by by the lapels, because I don't know if you know this life wears a, a comically large suit with big lapels and a squirting flower. Did you know that about life? Uh, sometimes it wears the clown makeup. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes where it, it wears a derby that it will doff at you. You ever had life doff a derby at you? Oh, boy, I, that'll set your life on a weird path. If you turn around, you're like, what's my life going to be like? And then life just fucking doffs a derby. You're like, what? the? F- that's an ominous. I don't know what the fuck to do there. Uh, and then you're forced to confront the fact that uh, that life has a haberdasher. <laughs> Is that a hat salesman? Is that a guy? Haberdashery is like a store. Does that mean the guy who works there is a haberdasher? And let me ask you this. If you're going to call your store that sells hats a haberdashery, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why didn't you make it a haberdashery? There's Just put the T in. That's all you got to do is put the T in. You tried to sound fancy. You tried to sound cute. You tried to go the other route with, oh, we're a haberdashery. Well, don't you sell hats? Well, uh, that's very crude. I don't know why you would put it like that. We're a haberdashery. Yes, but you sell hats. Why don't you call it a fucking haberdashery? That's even, that even sounds better. Now that I think about it, haberdashery, that sounds fucking great. Haberdashery, that sounds like a fucking breakfast dish, right? Some shit you get in Belgium. You walk up, you're like, hey, give me that fucking weird waffle you guys make, and then a big plate of haberdashery, and you fucking chow that down. But a haberdashery, you're not fucking mixing that up. Because if you go into a restaurant and you go, hey, give me a big plate of fucking haberdashery, you know what you get? You get a top hat filled with noodles. Nobody wants that shit. Uh, although I got to lie to you, I, I'm going to fucking, I, I outthought my brain there. I would love a top hat full of noodles because here's, you know, there's two things at any given moment in my life. If you see me, if please know this at any given moment, when you see me, there are two things I want a top hat and noodles. Now I often thought to myself, never the twain shall meet. I couldn't combine the two. That, that just seems greedy. But at the same time. Uh, now that I think about it, a top hat filled with noodles? Holy fuckamole. Uh, I'll tell you this real quick. I have a, a fantasy baseball team, and uh, it's a team up. I, I'm in a, a league with our, our great friend Jim Pardo. You might know him. Uh, so my friends Paul and some other guys, Dustin, a bunch of cool dudes. 
And, uh, you know, my team is co-owned by Lenny Schmidt. I don't know if you know him. He's a comedian person. Uh, Took him on as a co-owner mainly because, you know, we split the money. And you'll find out why all that matters in a fucking minute Uh, (laughs) or in an hour. I don't know. Because that's all right. That's another thing. It's daunting because I'm scared. And also, you know, uh, and here's the, I kept thinking I could just, I was like, I'll sit down and I'll tell you, but like I said, then more stuff would happen. But then that meant more stuff to tell you, which just meant more stuff to sit down and fucking bring to the table. And now I'm like, now I'm worried I'm going to cover it all. You know what I mean? Now I'm like, all right, am I going to make sure that I can fucking do this? Uh, And also you might be bored. Like an hour into this, you might be like, fuck this dude, man. Let's go get some noodles. And I don't blame you because fucking noodles rock. Uh, Let me ask you this. When you go to the ramen house. Uh, do you, do you get a thin noodle or a thick noodle? Do you get an udon? You like an udon noodle for slurping? Uh, I like the thin noodle and I like the extra noodle. Oh, I get some extra noodle with my ramen. Uh, so I, well, if you see me, please know I'm always conjuring the, the idea of where I can get a top hat or where I can find some noodles. Uh, and what was I going to, I was just going to tell you something and I forgot completely what it was. Holy Lord. See what happens when you go off on a fucking tangent. Um, Somebody write me, do me a favor, if you've listened this far, and I was about to tell you what it was, if I don't remember and tell you exactly, go ahead and write me a note and go, hey man, solve this, Um, because I don't remember what I was saying. Um, A top hat full of noodles, right? That's where I was at, and I was, was I going to talk about noodles or hats? I don't fucking know. Uh, I can't wear hats. Um, we talked about haberdashery. We brought all that to the table. All right. And we brought a haberdashery. That's a breakfast item. Fuck me. I'm so mad. I'm trying to stall for time here, but I cannot pull exactly what I was. Oh, uh, my fantasy baseball team. Was I talking about that? I was. Uh, so I'm in this league with a bunch of guys, right? And, uh, so I'm, uh, Lenny's the co-owner and my team was called last year, the Vega brothers. Now, some of you may know that that is, uh, that's a couple of characters right out of Tarantino lore. That's, uh, Vincent Vega who is John Travolta from Pulp Fiction. And uh, I'm going to say that that's Lenny because I was Vic Vega, who is Mr. Blonde from Reservoir Dogs. And it's Quentin Tarantino has confirmed in interviews that they are brothers. Now, I will tell you this. Uh, he says a lot of shit. That dude, you, you can get him in a good mood and he'll tell you what's in the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. And the next day he'll tell you to burn for a witch and he'll say there's nothing in the briefcase. He's, uh, you know, he, he's, he's a lot like me in that he likes to hear himself talk. And he might take you down some primrose paths that he forgets about later, uh, like I just fucking did. So that's who we were. We were the Vega brothers. And I had a really cool logo, which is the with the two brothers standing next to one another that I found on the Internet. And uh, that was the team. But we got our ass beat last year and it wasn't good. It was not fun. Uh, like three years ago when I, I joined the league, I won as Mr. Blonde. And then the next I don't change my name when I win. So the next year I was Mr. Blonde and I lost. So I had to change it. And then Lenny came on board and I'm like the Vega brothers. That's the way to go. Certainly. So we were the Vega brothers, but then, uh, there's kind of a rule. And I've talked about this before, uh, in other leagues I've been in, uh, like when I was on never not funny, you would say something and someone goes, Oh my God, that's gotta be your fantasy baseball team name. You got to hold on to that. And Jimmy has done that. I've done that over the years. One year I was felt party, uh, because I was angry at the Muppets and I said, it was, I said, Oh, now the felt party starts. And Jimmy thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever said. So I named my team felt party like four years ago or whatever the fuck. Um, so well, usually it's something that's kind of organic. And when you say it, you just go, Oh fuck, that's gotta be the name of my team. Right. And everybody goes, yep. So we were, uh, having the draft last week, uh, on a Saturday and, uh, <laughs> We're on Zoom because we don't do it. It's funny. We, we, we used to do it in, in person all the time. We'd go to Chicago or the guys would come here. And uh, and then I don't know if you're, you know what heard what happened. A bat fell into a fucking 
pot of chowder and fucking ruined everything. So uh, we couldn't meet in person anymore. We had to do Zoom. Well, now, you know, we found the bat. We found out he's okay. The chowder is clean. Everybody can eat it. But still, with Zoom, uh, it just doesn't make sense for people to climb on a plane, especially now because fucking the price of everything is through the goddamn roof. So we've done it on Zoom the last few years. And and we always threaten to do it together. Oh, let's go to Vegas. We should go to Vegas. That'll be fun. And you know what's really funny? Uh, I can think of no one less apt to enjoy Vegas than Jimmy Pardo. I, I really can't. I don't know. <laughs> the man doesn't drink. He's not going to gamble. Uh, he's not going to go to a fancy restaurant because they're going to fucking cook some tableside meat and he's going to yak projectile vomit into the face of a showgirl. You can't fucking have that happen. The man's got a weak constitution. And also, look, I, I'm not a Vegas guy either. I mean, I, you know, because look, and Jimmy's not going to a strip club, happily married man, got a got a, a, a lovely son. Um and all, but that's the thing is the whole league is dudes like that. You know, you'll be playing on the Zoom and someone's baby will sit on their lap. And you're like, all right, yeah, we're going to go to Vegas next year. That's going to be fucking fun. We're going to see someone get a clit piercing and then draft fucking Jiro Suzuki's kid. That's going to fucking be the three of us. Uh, it's never going to happen. That's not going to be that way. I, although I would, I would be all up for the clit piercing outing. I, I would, I don't know if they do that. Do they, could, do they do it? Let's they do a clit piercing like in a, in an opera or like a, a doctor theater, like an operating theater. I was going to say opera theater. Um, that I would do. You sit up at the top there and you just watch a clit get pierced from the fucking, like the Hindenburg. <laughs> I don't know. You know, why do I choose the Hindenburg to cover my game? You could have gone with a Goodyear blimp. No accidents there, but I choose the Hindenburg because I, apparently because I, I, I enjoy humanity. That's the only reason I can think of. Uh, and the letter O. Um, so, but we always said like, next year it was like, we can go to Vegas and do it. And, uh, I, I laugh because like, I don't. I won't enjoy Vegas. We've done it in Vegas before. And this is all right. When we went to Vegas, this is fucking 20 years ago, 18 years ago. I went to Vegas and there was a, there's a minor league team in Las Vegas. Uh, at the time, I think they were the Las Vegas 49ers or 86ers or whoever the fuck. And, uh, I said to the guys, I go, Hey man, you know, the minor league team's playing on Friday night draft Saturday. Let's go to the fucking game. And I got a universal no from everybody. So I went myself, I went to the fucking minor league game by myself, saw the park, Saw Nico Horner. Was, wait, no, that's 20 years ago. It wasn't Nico Horner. Who did I fucking see? I saw like a Cubs prospect who actually turned out to play. Um, but it was great. I went, you know, as I went, I went by myself, though, because nobody else wanted to fucking go. And it's like, you know, it's funny. Like, if I was like, hey, guys, let's go to an adult bookstore. They'd be like, no. And I go, all right, well, let's go to the wholesome minor league game. And they're like, no. And I'm like, and, and look, I know you're thinking to yourself, Mike, there's plenty of stuff in between those two. You can you can bookend your interests with minor league baseball game and and glory hole infested adult bookstore. Um, and I know those guys would be in or out on either of those, but in the middle, there's something like a, you know, let's go to some French toast. I'm sure that's a lovely thing. Um, but in Vegas, again, you get French toast and it's fucking stupid. You know what I mean? You, you're eating it. And then Mac King comes out and pulls a pocket watch out of it. You're like, what the fuck, man? He's like, ha ha close up magic. Oh, look, your face is sticky from syrup. And they're like, what? And then all of a sudden Chris angel pops out of your orange juice. You're like, what the fuck just happened here, man? You just can't get a moment's peace in Vegas is my point. Uh, unless you're poor and you live in the sewer because there are people who are poor and live in the sewer by year fucking three. Um, so these guys are threatening to go to, they're like, let's go to Vegas next year. And like I said, we're like, yeah, cool. Until next March when everybody goes, yeah, let's just do the draft on Zoom because nobody wants to fucking A, buy a ticket to Vegas. And also we're all fucking 50. Like, what are we going to do? Just, uh, if, if you, if you're a group of 12, 50 year old white dudes, don't show up at the same place together because everybody will think it's fucking January 6th. Nobody wants that. 
we all show up. We got fucking, you know, gray hair, gray beards, wearing fucking Nike, uh, New Balance, whatever the fuck. And everybody's like, oh, shit, these guys are here to overthrow something. That's not good. Hey, Tiki Torches, where's your fucking draft? So uh, so I implore you, folks, uh, to stay away from this sort of thing, as I probably will next year. There's no way we're going to Vegas. We're going to Zoom it again. And and because the, there's no point. I, I, you know what? I'd like to see my friends. That would be totally fun. Uh, but at the same time, I don't need to be in a room with Franco and Fritz drafting guys. I love Franco and Fritz, but it, why would I make them spend $900 to show up and try to draft fucking O'Neill Cruz from the Pirates? It doesn't make any sense. Water. I actually did that. I can't believe I did that on air. All right. Uh, well, I've got a dump button now. I've spent the last month putting in a dump button uh, when I wasn't here to talk to you guys because I'm fucking terrified of you. Um, because I'm going to let you down. Or I think I am. Or I don't want to. I don't know. But here's the thing. If you don't do anything, you can't let anybody down. Ha <laughs> ha. Does that explain the last month? Sort of. <sighs> All right. So uh, in keeping with talking about this fantasy team and getting to the fucking point. Like I said, with because I'll I'll be honest with you. Now I'm furious I didn't do this show three weeks ago because I would have named my team Top Hat Full of Noodles, which would be fucking incredible. Uh, but when we were playing the draft uh, on Zoom, one of our friends, Dustin, we took the meal break and we came back and he was eating Chinese food, but he didn't have like a plate and a fork. He was literally eating it out of the takeout container with chopsticks. And and someone remarked, uh, "You look like you're in a sitcom. Like what are you doing there? Eating eating fucking." chop suey out of a fucking container and uh and i i had to so i jumped in because this is completely true during the pandemic i you know chinese food was one of my retreats and so i would buy chinese food and i would eat it out of the container with the chopsticks because it made me feel like i was in a movie like in a in a movie scene which sounds ridiculous i know um and i didn't do it all the fucking time sometimes i use a plate like a grown-up but a lot of the time i would just i would hold and and you know what I really like? I like eating uh, chow mein with the long noodles uh, out of the out of the fucking takeout container. So I jumped in, and he's like, "Man, you look like you're in a fucking sitcom eating." Like I, I get, I said, you know, I was, during the pandemic, I did that a lot. Uh, because why? Why dirty a plate? What the fuck? Dirty? Because I look, I own my own chopsticks. Clearly, I have two sets of chopsticks that I own because I used to be married. So now I just use both of them and pretend. Uh, I don't because you know, and also I don't like the taste of I don't like the feel of wood in my mouth. And I know you're laughing at me. Uh, I just don't like take the like dry wood on my tongue. And they give you the takeout chopsticks and they're wood. And even if you go there, the chopsticks are wood. And I get it. And I, I, I can make do at the place. But at my house, if I have a choice, I will use my fucking chopsticks. And now that I think about it, you know what I need to do if I ever have sushi again in my life? I need to bring my chopsticks and pull them out of my jacket. Like I got a fucking, like a, you have your own, some guys have a Mont Blanc pen or whatever the fuck. And they got that in their fucking jacket pocket. Uh, I only, I only sign with this one. It's smoother. It's black ink. It fits my hand better. What if I pulled out my fucking chopsticks? Cause you know, people travel with straws now, which is fucking aggressive. What are you doing? I don't like the fucking paper straw either for two reasons. One, I don't like dry things in my mouth. I just fucking don't. They touch your, it's like, it's like licking pool chalk. I don't fucking want it in my mouth, man. That fucking straw with the dryness and the weird cardboard, it's fucked. Give me a plastic fucking straw, all right? Uh, yes, the planet will die, but I will not be inconvenienced. And isn't that what it's all about, quite frankly? And also, the planet's going to fucking die anyway. Like, if my, my straw usage, and like, I'm a fat dude, but I don't think my straw usage is hastening climate change. I truly don't. I don't, I don't see that happening a lot. Um, 
So I don't care for the paper straw because I don't like a dry thing in my mouth. It's just fucking grim. But some guys now bring a metal straw whenever they go out, which also that's now you're also doing far too much. If you're carrying a metal straw, you, you know what you are? You're an assassin. That's who you are. You're not even fucking some guy who's like, I'm trying to save the planet. No, you're going to plunge that into somebody's carotid and watch him fucking bleed out while you then eat a fucking eel roll, a dragon roll or some shit. You're just waiting for shit to break out at the sushi bar so you can bust out your fucking incredibly sharp metal straw and you'll plunge it right into somebody's fucking Adam's apple. That's who you are. Uh, calm down on the carrying a metal straw everywhere you go. And now you're thinking, so what's the difference with the chopsticks? Fucking nothing. I don't care. I want to, but my chopsticks are wood or whatever the fuck they are, but they're, but they're not wood. They're like a treated wood. Like the dry wood is fucked, but they have like a coating on the outside. Uh, come to my house. I'll put them in your mouth. You know what? That's the new slogan for this show. Come to my house. I'll put something in your mouth. I promise it won't be dry. Uh, and we'll all get along great. Won't we all get along great? But eventually you'll pull out your metal straw and try to gut me. And I'm not going to have it happen. I'm not going to have that happen, Neo. I know you're the one and whatever the fuck, but take the wrong pill and I'm going to fucking gut you. All right. So uh, our friend Dustin was eating uh, out of the thing and I jumped in and I said, uh, as you know, during the during the pandemic, I would do that all the time because it felt like I was in a movie and my friends ignored me because they think I'm a fucking goof. And I said, no, I go, why would you dirty a plate? You're by yourself. Fuck that. Go Pagoda. Uh, because the Chinese takeout thing is called a pagoda. And I, so I said that, I go, fuck that, go pagoda. And there was a beat. And then I went, that has to be the name of my team, doesn't it? And everybody goes, yep, absolutely. There's no arguing here. Clearly your team has to be named that. So, uh, so my team name, because I had to change it from Vega brothers because we lost and in, in quite, fa- quite a fashion, we got destroyed. Um, we is now it's, it's called fuck that go pagoda. And the, and my lo, my logo is just an open Chinese pagoda with noodles hanging out of it and fucking chopsticks plunged into the heart of it, and uh, and and you know what? This is weird. The website where I I have my fantasy team hosted, they where we have you know keep score or whatever the fuck, uh, it let me put in fuck that. Like my team is named fuck that go pagoda. I thought I'd have to put like asterisks and bullshit like I do here when I have to title the show sometimes. Um, and you know I got to be honest, I'll bet. I bet I could name the show fuck or whatever on the shows I've done in the past. I've just never tried it because I don't, you know, look, I got enough trouble trying to get people to listen to this. All of a sudden I put in some show, you know, called fuck Tony Dan's. I'm the boss in the fucking in the in the site. And then some mom sees it and complains and the show's taken off Spotify forever. And I'm like, God damn it. So uh, I get enough trouble doing a show. You know what I mean? I don't want to put any more risk on the fucking table by putting an obscenity in the title and having somebody fucking pull out the tablecloth and keep the dishes on the table. Um. So fuck that, go pagoda. That's the name of my fantasy team. Uh let's talk about this real quick too. Did you know that this is the last show of year thirteen? And I know you're thinking to yourself, "Well, that's fucking outrageous." Because when did year thirteen start? I I truly think it started a year and a half ago. I I think I'm six months long on this season because I've taken month long breaks. This was a month long break. Uh, I took a six week break at one point. Uh, because my head is filled with fucking scrambled eggs and I wish it wasn't. And I, and I'm, I'm cleaving through, I'm doing my best. And by the way, when I say that it's, I'm lying, I'm not doing my best. If I was doing my best, I would fix it. Uh, but I'm, I'm doing what I can. How about that? Does that make any sense? Does that feel better? Does that roll off the tongue a little better? I think it might. Um, 
but I, I'm not doing my best. If I was doing my best, we'd be on schedule and I'd be doing fucking shows and I'd be hilarious and I'd be like, we, the world's going to end someday, but who cares? Here's me talking about nonsense. Let's talk about pagodas and fucking haberdasheries. And uh, instead, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this. You know, you know what's right outside your door? I don't know if you're in your house. I don't know if you're in your apartment. I don't know if you're in your car. I don't know if you're eating out at a restaurant, but you know what's lurking right outside the door of wherever you are right now at this moment? Real life. Real life is out there and it is waiting for you and it is uh it is so ready and it's got you know and it has all kinds of weapons like it you know it doesn't really have like a gun or a knife or anything but but real life has you know it has uh here's what real life has cuz not it could kill you but i i'm talking more uh of the terrible inconveniences that real life can bring you and the setbacks that it can deliver and so here's what my real life has you ever see you know what a bolo is uh, it's like got three balls hanging off of a fucking on strings and you, a guy can like spin it around in an old cartoon and he throws it and it wraps around your ankles and you go down like a fucking sack of potatoes. Uh, I, th- I think, I think real life is chasing me with bolos at all times and constantly binding my ankles like some sort of Chinese foot torture and making me fall face first into the goddamn lawn, uh, which is hard to do in an apartment complex cause I got no fucking lawn. Uh, but there is landscaping. Uh, there was a palm tree. I think I told you it fell down. Disappointing. Uh, but real life is out there and it is lurking and it is always waiting and it is, it is there. And, um, and I have had my fill of it. I have had absolutely every single fucking spoonful of real life. You could possibly jam down your fucking already swollen gullet this month. And, uh, you know, I'll vamp, I guess, and float around here a little bit, but this might lend itself to me just kind of giving you a straightforward recitation of the things that have happened. And I, cause that's another thing I, I, you know, as I say that to you, I wasn't sure how to, how to tell you this. I, I don't know. And again, listen, by the way, nobody's dead. There's no murder. Uh, I'm not going to jail. It's nothing fucking crazy. It's just fucking life, you know, and, but it won't fucking stop. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Life is in just a full court press and I have no timeouts left and I am just getting swarmed and I do not have the possession arrow. I've been watching a lot of basketball. Do you understand that? I think you do. Um, and you know, I say real life, you know what else, you know what I should really call it? Uh, I think, I think I've told you this in the past, I, you know, I have my friends growing up used to call it Schmidt luck when something fucking bananas would happen or some bullshit or, you know, that, that dumbass thing where you're like, everybody's like, ha ha ha, this is fun. And all of a sudden I, I, I put my fist through a wall cause we're fucking around and everybody looks at me and is like, why would you reach that pitch, man? Why the fuck? What are you doing? And, and I'm like, why well, are we having a good time? <laughs> yeah. But you put your fucking fist through a wall, dummy. Uh, like I told you the one time when I was out with my friends, we used to headbutt in 1985 because the fucking 85 bears did it. We would headbutt each other. And then one time I was at Gala West and I headbutted a pool table. Like I took it to that amped up level and I fucking almost blacked out. I, I literally held, I was holding on to the, I white knuckled the fucking pool table in my brain. I'm going, don't pass out. Don't pass out. Don't pass, don't pass out. Don't pass out. And thankfully I fought it off, but my eyes went to pinholes. Like it was super bright. And then my eyes went all the way down to where all I saw was like a little pinhole of vision in both eyes, but I stood my ground and I fought it off. Uh, that would probably be one of the many concussions that I've had in my life that I never had any fucking people look at. How much CTE is rolling around in my fucking skull right now? I mean, you know what? I'm going to blame that. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why these uh, shows have been delayed and I've been this guy. I'm going to blame CTE. You know what I'm saying? Right now, uh, I'm donating my brain to science. They can take a look at it uh, once I fucking check out. 
uh, unless I eat a shotgun, in which case they're going to have to scrape it off the wall and put it in a Petri dish, which is never happening. Stop. Um, I shouldn't have done that. That's kind of disingenuous and not cool because when people do it to me, I complain uh, because I have people that I know who will, <laughs> will tell me this is completely true. Uh, they will start telling me about killing themselves and, uh, and it'll be this thing, you know, I'm just going to tell you, it's my brother, Andy, he'll fucking, he'll talk to me and he'll be like, yeah, you know, I just, I, and he has, cause he has a lot of stuff going on. All right. And we've talked about suicide before I've talked about it with a, believe me, sadly, <laughs> this is completely, I, I talked about it. I told you, I've talked about it with Lily. I've talked about it with other people who have their agendas and they have their plans. And, and I only mentioned my brother because he would, he would do these things where he'd be like, yeah, uh, you know, it's just, I just think to myself that this would be the way to go because of this and this and this, but don't worry, brother, I'm not going to do it. But yeah, anyway, I was, uh, you know, I bought four guns the other day and who knows what's going to happen. But then I thought to myself, what about razor blades? It might be cleaner and smoother, but don't worry, brother. It's not going to happen. I would never do it. But then I thought to myself, why even spend any money on ammunition or anything? I could just walk in front of a bus. And maybe that inconveniences the people on the bus. And that's one of the reasons I, well, I wouldn't do it. Don't worry, brother. I would never do it. And, uh, you know, this is a couple of years ago when it was happening with frequency in every conversation. And I was just like, dude, I don't. All right. You got to fucking. Why? I, and the don't worry, brother thing is what cracks me up because it would always be some fucking horrible. You know, what if I buried myself alive? You know what? I'm going to buy a, a coffin. Maybe that or just, you know what? What if I just jumped into a ditch and I pulled dirt on myself? But don't worry, brother. I would never do it. Uh, so when I was a kid, like I said, my friends would call it Schmidt luck. If anything happened, some nonsense, you know, and uh, and then my buddy Jeff, there's there. There was a song. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it was City Life by the Boogie Boys. Might have been the song called City Life. All right. And whenever something fucking stupid would happen, whenever anything fucking crazy would would happen, whenever I would wind up, you know, stepping on my dick or some some misadventure, you know what I mean? Where I would tell my buddy, I'd be like, hey, you're, you know, you're not going to believe this. I fucking this guy took a swing at me and blah, blah, blah. You'd tell him some story. And my buddy Jeff uh, would just get this grin on his face and he'd look at me and he'd just go. Schmitty life. There's always something going down. Uh, because city life was city life. There's always something going down. But whenever I would tell him anything, it would be, we'd be talking and he'd be, well, he'd be like, well, how did that happen? Well, why did this happen? Well, where were you? Well, who were these guys? And who did you hit? And then he'd just look at me and he'd just go, Schmitty life. There's always something going down. And, uh, it became this mantra, whatever, anything fucking stupid would happen. I would, you know, if we were talking or it came up, he would, he would sing that song. And, uh, and this month has been filled with Schmitty life, uh, in ways it's fucking bananas. And it's, and you know, my friends are all very successful and married. The guys in the UN of evil, the guys I grew up with. Okay. Uh, beautiful wives, lovely children, successful jobs. Uh, some of them actually retired already. You know what I mean? Uh, it's an amazing thing. And I'm, I'm kind of proud to be in that friend group of a bunch of guys who were just great and kind of solved life. You know what I mean? Wound up doing great things. And, uh, and I, I have no idea how I wound up in there and stuck. You know what I mean? At one point you would have thought they would have said, yeah, we got to cut this fucking guy loose. Fucking get Schmitty life out of here before the Schmidt luck rubs off. Um, but Jeff would say to me, he'd say, uh, I, I don't know how you live your life. I could never live your life. 
And I'd be like, dude, you have like a fucking amazing job and you've got a wife, you've raised beautiful kids. You got he's like, yeah. And I, and, and I go, but there's challenges. And then he goes, yeah, there are, but your, your life is fucking bananas. Like I could never live your life. And he would tell me it all the time. We'd laugh. You know what I mean? Cause it is, it's look, it's funny. The whole point of this fucking show is 13 years of me telling you about Schmitty life. There's always something going down. Uh, <laughs> so I'm here to tell you about some Schmitty life, but at the same time, uh, I wish I had better Schmitty life to tell you about. You know what I mean? So that's, that's another thing that's led me to avoid the microphone here. Another thing that's led to me not sitting down to tell you guys stuff because it just feels like I keep telling you stuff and, and it constantly, it has to wear on you. And and look, this is me projecting onto you guys because it wears on me. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't want this shit to fucking happen. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> this stuff fucking happens. And then I tell you about it and I, I'm waiting. I keep waiting and I've told my friends this, you know, and, and even, even some people who listen who have become friends and they reach out to me, Murph and Jamie and, um, Jesuit and, and, you know, people who've reached out and, and other people. And, and I, and I say, I, I don't want to make people mad and I don't want to make them sad. And I don't, I, I, I'm terrified that this will be the, this will be the moment when everybody just goes, you know what? Fuck this. You know, there's, there's so many other successful shows out there. There's so many other shows that are scripted and tell a joyful story about people and their children and their dogs. There's so many other celebrity interviews where they tell you great stories about a fucking soup that they ate and everybody laughs about it because somebody mispronounces the word fucking barley. You know what I mean? Yeah, I had some beef barely. Oh, 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 on our next episode. You know, that's great. That's killing it for podcasts. And they're regimented down to the fucking minute. You know what I mean? They're, they're all done in an hour and they fucking hop out the door and they go live their fucking fantastic lives and, 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 and then they, you know, go interview more celebrities, whatever the fuck. And I'm here. Uh, yeah, there's a fucking rock fight. Every time I come to talk to you guys, it's always some fucking bullshit where somebody got hit in the head with a fucking branch or a fucking sledgehammer or some shit happened. And, it's, and I, you know, I, I burned myself or there's a gas leak in my house. <laughs> my fucking apartment building manager's a dick or my mailman did some dumb shit. And, and. I enjoy sharing my life with you. I just, I just would love for it to be interstitially successful. Does that make sense? If there were, if there were triumphs to tell you about, that would be grand. I would fucking love it. But instead I come in here and I fucking have to whinge about what fucking terrible thing happened. And you're just you're eventually going to be like, God damn what this fucking schleprock motherfucker with the Schmitty life. He's fucking driving me down. He's a millstone around my neck. I'm going to sink to the bottom of the river. If I don't cut him loose, get me the fuck out of here, man. And then again, you traipse off and you go listen to Mark Marin interview somebody about their darkness. <laughs> and somebody cries about, you know, when they were a kid, their shoes didn't fit or some bullshit. And you're like, oh, wow, I totally empathize with that guy. But then I come on and I'm like, hey, man, my shoes still don't fit. And you're like, fuck you, man. Your shoes haven't fit for 13 fucking years. Why are we backing this horse? And that's the thing, man. I don't want to give you because that's and so that's a reason why I've avoided it. I like I'm terrified because this might be the one. This might be the one where you pull the ripcord and jump out of the fucking plane. But do me a favor, don't do that in that in that order. <laughs> jump out of the plane first, then pull the ripcord. I mean, if you're gonna bail, that's great. But wait to pull the ripcord till you're out in fucking ter- in space. Otherwise, you're gonna do fucking forty somersaults to terra firma and smash your head on a fucking concrete block. Um. 
you know, I you could bail very well. And again, I you might. You might have bailed by now. You might not even fucking listen to this. You might have said, haberdashery, I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> What's that? Hat full of noodles? Sounds like a fun game. Barrel of monkeys, hat of noodles. Uh, <laughs> uh, fuck that, go pagoda. That's a good game. So, so I explained to you, and look, when this happens in the past, people are very kind and they write me and they say, Hey, look, man, you're not alone. Like we are all gripped in terror as well. <laughs> we are also frightened of our own shadows and worried about the, the, the cards dealt to us by life. Cause you know, a lot of people, they're like, Hey man, we, you know, uh, you got to play the cards that are dealt. Great. What if you just got a handful of jokers and somehow an old maid slipped in there as well? You know, you know what my hand is? I just have all of the instructions. You ever get those when you get the fucking deck of cards, there's jokers and then all the suits. And then there's one card that tells you how to play fucking rummy. That's what I got. I got a handful of rummies. That's fucking grim. That's what happens when you got a Schmitty life. They just fucking just deal you whatever. And you get, you look at the cards you're like, I don't even know what this is. But like, I don't even have suits. I, I have, I have a Joker. I have the instructions. I have a Jeff Burroughs Atlanta Braves card from 1974. Nothing wrong with that. I don't know how it snuck in here. Uh, I have a flash card from high school. Jesus Christ. What's wrong with me? My, my cards are just mismatched. Uh, I, you know, I don't know what they're doing down there at the card factory, but they should pay attention to their fucking business or. Is this a special deck they've dealt out just for me? Because of Schmitty life, there's always something going down. Uh, <laughs> I want to make that the theme song now. Um, so, so let's, you know what? We can dive into it if you'd like, if you want to. I could just wrap it up now, you know, because I actually, I thought to myself, I was like, how do I put this out? And then I was like, maybe I'll do like an hour and see how it goes. I'm like, well, what if it's a two hour? And like, I, I, didn't I tell you this already? I think so. Fuck. Look at me repeating myself. Uh, all right. Did you hear my neck crack? It just did. I'm, I'm going to tell you this and, and just settle in. All right. That's what I'm going to tell you. Grab it. Grab if you Look, if you need to go grab half a coconut with some, with a beverage in it, go ahead and do that. I'll wait for you to get tropical. Go get fucking tropical on my ass. Get a fucking like a, a plastic sword and put some uh, cherries and pineapples on it. And I'm dropping into half a coconut and prepare to enjoy this story, which is not summary in the least, but maybe a tropical drink will transport you to Aruba or Jamaica. Oh, I want to take you. <laughs> uh, do something to get, settle in. You, you like cigars? Grab one of those. Put your kid to bed. Um, put your dog on your lap. Put your cat on your shoulder. Put your parrot on your other shoulder. Don't do me a favor. Do not put your cat and your parrot on the same shoulder. It's it's just bad. You won't be able to pay attention to the show. And don't give me this bullshit that your parrot likes your cat because he fucking does not. And and that goes double for my cat likes my parrot. Because I told you this before. My ma had a fucking she had a cat and a and a bird. And and it was a the cat was a named Kitty, one of the many kitties from my childhood. And uh, the bird was named Pacer. And, uh, and Pacer had run of the house. Pacer could fly around and hop around on coffee tables and shit. And, uh, Kitty, uh, never killed Pacer, but oh my God, do you know that there was some sort of weird cat soap opera going on in their head every single time Pacer flew around and I, cause you would see the, the, the cat lock on it and watch it fly with its fucking eyes and just fucking its head going. And it would walk on the kid it would be walking on the coffee table or the kitchen table. And the cat would, would just like kind of sneak up. And just curious, uh, which is a bad thing for a cat. I don't know if you've heard. <laughs> uh, and yet, but it would give it like this fish eye. 
Why am I bringing a fish into it? A fish, a bird, and a cat? Isn't a fish the mortal enemy of a cat? How do fish and, well, fish and birds don't get along either? Because I've seen plenty of videos where a bird swims in and flies into the ocean and emerges with lunch. And this fish is like, God damn it. Because fish can't fuck with birds. Here's the deal. All right, let's talk about this for a second. A cat can fuck with a fish. All right? Because it's in the bowl or whatever the fuck. It's in the ocean. And a cat can fuck with a bird. Oh, so the bird's in the sky, but it also swooped down and the cat would be like, and then fucking scratch it. Um, my throat just made a gurgling noise. I apologize. Um, but a fish can't fuck with anybody. Fish is just fucking trapped. Fish is just, he's, you know what? It's, it's, well, I don't even know why we say sitting duck. Because a duck could fucking split. If some shit hit the fan, the duck can bail. Ducks fly, right? Fish don't. Although there's flying fish, I think. But still. If some shit's going to go down, I would, I would want to, I would much rather be a sitting duck than a sitting fish. If somebody's like, holy shit, here comes an eagle and he's starving. If I'm a duck, I get the fuck out of there. If I'm a fish, it's like, oh, God damn it. I'm stuck in this pond. Now I got to wait to see if this fucking eagle's going to chew me up and spit me the fuck out. So I, I refuse to say sitting duck from now on. Not that I said it a lot. What if I did? What if I said it all day? That's all I did was say sitting duck, uh, which is that's actually my name when I go to the Native American casino. I check in under sitting duck. It's a little joke I have with them. They love it. Don't kid yourself. You know who loves it? The Lakota. Oh my God, the Lakota. Love my sense of humor. When I come in with a fake Native American name, that's great. Uh, (laughs) So uh, yeah, sitting fish. That's it from now on. Strike sitting duck from your lexicon. Take it out of your your vocab, if I can shorten it up to be hip. Uh, But if not, I'll say vocabulary, just in case you don't know what that is. And, uh, And then you're just a sitting fish. So you're just there like a sitting fucking fish. So a cat can, you know, attack a fish, but a fish fish can do nothing, man. That's why we can't be mad at sharks. People are like fucking sharks, man. They're attacking surfers and shit. And it's like, yes, because you're in their fucking soup. You're in their fucking house. You know, it's, I would imagine like if a fish went into a fucking bird's nest and was like, hey, what's going on? And the bird ate his eyes. You'd be like, of course, you fucking dumb fish. Stay in the ocean. Uh, so if you come into the ocean, man. All sorts of crazy shit's going to get you. Fucking jellyfish and barracudas and swordfish and regular fucking sharks. And, and uh, you know what? At some point, the fish are going to catch on. I know you're like, well, their brains are tiny and they never will. At some point, the fucking fish are going to catch on. And they're not going to have to have some fucking green ooze from a horror movie to spill into the ocean to change it. We're already pi- fucking poisoning the shit out of these guys. So these fish eventually are just going to go, you know what? These assholes keep coming out here. And, uh, and I think they're eating us. I'm not, I can't speculate. We can't. Look. Every one of us that they take out of the ocean can't be a pet. I know there's a lot of people out there, but holy fuck, there's a lot more of us than there are of them. We just happen to live in this one spot because we can't live out there because fucking breath. Uh, So I I think fish are eventually going to go, you know what, fuck these people. So we don't have to just worry about sharks and barracudas and all that or jellyfish or octopi. Eventually, grouper are going to turn on us like a big fucking school of halibut. You'll be like, ooh, this is neat. You, You know what's, here's the thing. You know how arrogant fucking humans are? Have you ever seen that people can put their fucking feet into a into a tub of water and have fish eat their skin. It's like a, a, a way of smoothing out their calluses or whatever the fuck. And everybody does it. It's in, like I said, it's in the aforementioned Vegas and any tourist place, Fremont Street, wherever the fuck you go. They'll be like, hey, man, you want to dip your fucking feet into a weird bowl of gross water and have little microscopic fish eat skin off of your feet? And people are like, yes, that's exactly what I want to do. And you know why? Because it's either that or eat a six pound hot dog or drink a fucking margarita out of a tuba. You know what I mean? So fuck, that's what Vegas is. They're like, all right, you know what? We, and you know what? If you, you're much more likely to let the fish eat your skin if you've drank the margarita out of the fucking tuba. So you have your guzzle fucking margarita out of the goddamn tuba, and then you sit down and you put your feet in there, and everybody makes the same face. Ooh, ooh, hee, hee, hee. Oh, it's kind of tickles. <laughs> yes, it tickles now. It fucking tickles now. 
And but eventually these fish are going to fucking wise up because you're giving them free lunch fucking forever. You're teaching these fish to be cannibals. Uh, not fish cannibals, but human cannibals or whatever the fuck you're teaching. You know what you're doing? All you're doing, you're like, hey, man, I'm just getting a fun manicure from some weird fish. But instead, what you're doing is you're teaching fish that humans are delicious and it's going to get out there, man. They're going to they're going to use their Aquaman brains. They're going to send it out into the ocean. And eventually you're going to be like, this is fun. I like swimming at this pond. And then two trout are going to bite your dick off. And you're going to be like, holy shit, that was fucking grim. Why would they do that? Because they realize that you guys are fucking delicious. All because of some tourist trap bullshit where you went ahead and put your feet into a goddamn goldfish bowl. Look what happened. Look what happened. You turned the fish against us. So now these sitting fish aren't sitting for it anymore, buddy. They're fucking coming right for you. You can't be mad at sharks. Shark does what a shark does. You know, it's like the, yeah, you know, I was a scorpion. Eventually it's going to be just, you knew we were fish and you, you literally fed yourselves to us. You showed us how delicious you are. You let us fucking chomp on you. And now we send it out there and look what's going to happen. A fucking bluegill is going to bite your neck off. Just fucking go right for your fucking carotid. A lot of mention of the carotid in this show. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how we spun into that, but the point is, uh, I, I, and here's the thing too. I could have, you know, I could have opened up the microphone and just done this. I could have probably done this and talked to you guys about some stuff because none of this is planned. I haven't even gotten to the Look, I haven't even gotten to the planned part of our show yet. Can you imagine how long this is going to be? Uh, well, and I don't know why I'm hung up on that either. It doesn't matter how long it is. You guys are here for the fucking long haul, aren't you? <laughs> right. You got a lot of you are only listening to this because you're like, I'm going to fucking finish year 13 and that's it. Like I, I'm because you're a completist. You're like, you've listened to all to all of them. And now you're here in year 13. You're like, finally, episode 52. Let me listen to this. Show. It's like when I watched Oz, I watched the show Oz. And when it ended, I went, well, I never have to watch that again. Um, Which is kind of like there's a game. You know what Wordle is? Of course you do. Well, I've now found a new game called Wordopoly uh, or Word Apply. I don't remember what the fuck it was. It's uh, from the Guardian in in Britain, and this is this is completely true. Okay, you you go to the screen uh, and word apply, and you get five you get five words. It gives you th- like a three letter sequence or a four letter sequence, and you have to find words in your brain that that contain those letters. So like if it had ing, you'd be trying to find the longest letters that you could find ing in. So it could be something like um, ball busting. You know what I mean? And then that's fucking, what is that? Seven, 10, it's 10 or 11 letters, whatever the fuck. And then you have to, you know, so you got to guess five words and then there's, you get points for the the longest word and you get a big special, like a little pop and a little exclamation point. So I found out about this game this is months ago. And, um, I, so I oh, yeah, I'll try that because I play other online games because what else would I be doing? A podcast. So, uh, I go to this game word apply and I pull it up and my letters are EST. And I looked at it and I went, okay. And my first guess, because I, you know, again, I saw EST, you have to figure out words that, that would fit. And my first guess was anti-disestablishmentarianism, which is just one of those words that I remember from high school because it was ridiculously long. And also I could spell it. Uh, I was very good at spelling in school. And so uh, that would always be like a challenge. You know, what about anti-disestablishmentarianism? Whatever the fuck. Uh, and so I did, I put it in and it like, it made this like explosion on the screen and it said, wow, rare, long word found amazing. Guess four more. And I was like, I don't think so. (laughs) I think I solved you motherfucker. Why, why would I, why would I ever try to find more words? I found the word in my first attempt at this game. 
I just put out a, like a 24 letter word. And, uh, and you know what you can do? You can fucking get on your knees and blow me because I'm stepping off right now. Fucking juggling your letters and your tiles and your bullshit. Take your fake Scrabble walking because I just fucking face fucked you with anti-disciplinarianism. Um, uh, and then, of course, I will tell you occasionally when I'm avoiding things, I will delve in and try to play again. And one of the another time that I did the uh, the letters were P.E.R. Uh, and I put in and I said to myself in my brain, I was like, I'm going to try this. It's not going to work, but I'm going to try it anyway, just to see if they're being cute. And I put in supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. And I got boom, explosion, exclamation points. Oh my gosh, rare, long word found. Keep playing. Why would I keep playing? Why? I just found a 33 letter word, chim chim chiru, you fuck. I dominated you. Uh, so that's the thing. You know, I, I, if I find anti-disestablishmentarianism, if I find supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, yeah, 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 I don't need to be playing your silly game anymore. Instead, I'll sit in the dark. <laughs> Wee. Ah, uh, so speaking of sitting in the dark, look at that segue that I didn't even plan, but I'm going to make it ham handed and go with it. Eh, about a month ago. <laughs> Jesus. Like I said, I don't even know how to tell you this, but I'm going to tell And again, it's nothing bad. Like nobody's dead. It's not a, you know, it's just happenstance. It's, it's just the, the inexorable march to death. And the obstacles that are placed in your way as you make your way toward the finish line. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, it's all part of Schmitty life. Um, I mentioned March came in like a lion uh, because we've had very bad storms here in Los Angeles. Tons of rain. And I, you know, I, I say it, this isn't even a large amount of rain, like a Los Angeles amount of rain. This is a large amount of rain for anywhere in the world. We've had a crazy, I would almost like a monsoony type season. Uh, but for, but for LA, it's ridiculous. Okay. In, in any city, you'd be like, man, it's a lot of fucking rain. But somehow I woke up in Seattle. I don't know how the fuck it happened. Uh, you know, and I really know it because I saw Kelsey Grammer the other day and he's from Seattle, right? Did you know they're rebooting fucking Frasier? What the fuck? Jesus Christ. Could somebody have an original idea, please? Fucking bringing back Power Rangers and all this fucking bullshit. Who cares, man? I don't even just grow up. Just grow the fuck up. What? And, and Frasier, like, I don't think Niles is on and I did, and the dad is dead, right? And I think the dog's got to be dead, right? It's been fucking 80 years since that show was on the air. And who the fuck is out there going, yeah, man, I got to see more. You know what I need? More fucking Frasier. You know what I need? More fuss budget, half gay psychiatrist. Let's get that guy on the fucking line. Uh, I don't know. It just, it just seems like that's just more, more shit to hide from the world with. And there's nothing wrong. Look, man, everybody needs their poison pill. Everybody needs their fucking, their Linus blanket. And if Frazier is your Linus blanket, I say two things to you. Good for you and reconsider everything because fuck, if your comfort food is some prissy fucking psychiatrist and his prissy brother and their crippled dad and a fucking, and a, and a, and a stone cold fucking ex-wife, but a cute dog, dog saves it. And I know you're going to write me and you'd be like, Mike, did you ever watch Frazier? Cause it was real funny. He was saying, yeah, fine. I'm glad like it. That's cool. But like the old ones, nobody, nobody out there is, there is no one in the world who's like, I wonder what ever happened to Frazier after the show went off the air. Did he go on to success? <laughs> I wonder if Frazier met someone new. Nobody fucking cares. Why do you care? 
and I'm sure it'll be fine. It's just, just again, more shit that they throw in your way on the way to death. It's more stuff to distract you. I will tell you, you know what I started doing? Again, you're going to laugh because I haven't done a show. You're going to be like, of course, ass fuck. You, you were doing this. Uh, I finally started watching Succession, okay, because it's the fourth season. And here's why. They said it's the last one. So that was like, all right, as long as it's only four seasons, whatever, I will try to catch up and I will watch it. So uh, I had not seen any of Succession. I knew, you know, the people who were in it. I love Brian Cox. I love Jeremy Strong. I think they are fucking amazing actors. Uh, and so in my brain, I'm like, all right, well, I'll check it out because I also, I have friends, uh, Gil Martin. He fucking loves it. People are referring me. They're like, you've got to watch succession. It's amazing. And once they gave me an arbitrary endpoint where they're or, sorry, a non-arbitrary endpoint where it's going to be over after four seasons, I'm in. So I binge watched the first season and, uh, I will tell you this. The writing is terrific. The acting is fantastic. Everybody in it is great in the roles that they play. But I can't help but think that this show would be a lot better if these terrible people would just kill each other with fucking hammers. I I I want to strangle Kieran Culkin. And I know this is a credit to him playing a fucking weasel. Um, and I know it's also in my own toxicity. I don't like weakness. And uh, but they're they they all they all are terrible. Everybody. Everybody in the show is fucking awful. And there's like, there's like two people you want to like, and then they do terrible shit. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Why? And they, they constantly, they also betray themselves. In my opinion, they betray the narrative. Uh, but it's like, I know you're going to be like, well, this is who they are as people. And I understand it's an insular world and they're rich, whatever the fuck. But like, clearly they hate their dad. I'm not going to spoil anything. Uh, but they also kind of hate one another. But then there's supposedly this, I guess, underlying family thing that we're supposed to see, but I don't see it. I, I often, I spend most episodes thinking that going, you know, if that person did that to me, I would leave. I, you'd never see me again, particularly if I had $500 million. I understand it's power and a struggle and dad and fucking Oedipus and all this other fucking bullshit, but, uh. But if you literally like you can see watching the show, why some rich people just decide to surf all fucking day and disappear or they wind up doing fucking coke all goddamn day. Because it's like if, if it meant otherwise working under this fucking horrific father and and that's and another thing, too. They're all trying to take over the company or whatever the fuck. Uh, Kieran Culkin's character, he's he's not qualified to park cars. And that's literal because he doesn't drive in the show. He's not qualified to make you a sandwich. And they're going to give him a fucking literally $40 billion company to run. Like they think they have a chance. And that's the premise is stupid on its face because everybody who thinks they're going to take over for fucking Brian Cox is fucking horrible and stupid and steps on their dick every single fucking time. And the only smart one then like, is like, I'm not going to take it, but then they dangle a carrot in front of her and she's just like, Oh, okay. Well, I better get my, you know, I, I, and she starts to behave weirdly. It's, it's whatever. I'm going to finish it because I started it. But dudes, again, if they just beat each other to death with hammers, it would be a fantastic ending. Maybe that's the end of the show. That'd be fantastic. They just lock them all in a fucking room. Um, one of those, <laughs> like, remember the dark night when the Joker snapped the fucking pool, pool cue in half and he goes, Hey man, we only got room for one guy in the team. We're having tryouts. Uh, maybe that's how succession ends. 
They just break four pool cues on the ground and they just, everybody looks around at one another and they have to fucking die for them and fucking stab the shit out of one another, which would be fine. I'd be on board with it because they all, everybody on that fucking show, I mean, everybody, uh, the only people who maybe don't are, are children. Uh, they all need to be stabbed with pool cues. And I mean, preferably in the most painful of places and also profusely. And, uh, you know, say it with me. You know where the first one should... No, no, I don't even say this. No, don't even stab them there. Don't No carotid. They don't even get the carotid because they'll bleed out too quick. Just pincushion the shit out of these motherfuckers with these broken-ass pool cues because they are all cunts. Everybody in that fucking show is a cunt. And you're just like, what the fuck, man? And and I just... I watch it again because, like I said, the writing's tight. But but at the same time, the premise itself fails because I'm like, all of these people are fuck-ups. Like, the only, the only person who isn't a fuck-up is a a psychopath, like a, basically a narcissistic psychopath. And that's how he became the most powerful dude in the fucking world. Uh, and then you see the fallout from his kids being fucked up from having to deal with being raised by this fucking narcissist. Right. Um, but you can't, but then you, it's not, like you can root for Brian Cox cause he's a fucking terrible person, but I find myself rooting for him. He may, you know, he's, he's honestly the smartest one of all of them because he's just like, fuck this. He makes his own fucking future. Everybody else is just running around looking for fucking crumbs. Schmitty life. Let's get back to it. Uh, I haven't even started it. I haven't even started telling you about it. What the fuck? All right. Maybe I put this out as a palate cleanser. Maybe I do that. What do you think? Yeah, this is like a standalone. (laughs) Look at me trying to excuse myself from work. Should I do that? Could you wait? Hold on. There's a plane. Um, how how much how autistic am I that I heard a fucking plane and was like oop? Uh, by the way, everybody's autistic now. I I see our neurodivergent or I mean, everybody's got a fucking thing now. Jesus Christ, we're all scramble heads. All right, um, part of me wants to put this out. <laughs> Here here's why: because it's three thirty in the morning, and it makes sense if I just put this out as like a little sorbet. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the thing, right? Uh, look at me trying to give myself the time off. All right. I can't beginning in March. Uh, I, you know, as you know, we've talked, I've been looking for jobs. I've been trying to, uh, you know, become one of the gainfully employed out there in the world, going to all of the boutique grocery stores you could possibly imagine. Uh, because if I'm going to look, if I'm going to handle peas, I want them to be in the highest quality. If I'm going to go ahead and stack some ginger knobs, please let them be fresh. Uh, so I've been looking, I've been trying to find a gig, trying to find a thing. And, uh, and I also have Uber as a backup. Now I had not returned to Uber because of several things. One of which was, uh, the price of gas in California is ridiculous. Um, there's one gas station by me that I would go to because it was cheaper than any other station around. And it was $4 and 69 cents a gallon. And then it started to kind of go down and then it got down to three ninety nine a gallon. And I was like, this is fucking glorious. I'm not joking. The next time I went to fill up, it was four thirty nine. It, it had jumped another 40 cents. It's just, it's, I don't know what's happening. Uh, the invisible hand of the market continues to taunt us. <laughs> so, that the gas prices were keeping me out of the car because I didn't know what it was going to be like to be driving people around. And also I didn't like the idea that if I drove and made a hundred bucks, I really only made 75 bucks because 25 went for fucking gas. Now I never liked paying for all the gas in the past, but you had to fucking do it. It was part of the game and gas wasn't ridiculous. But now 
I mean, gas is ridiculous. I mean, there's no there's no better way to say it. And also in L.A., you know, because everywhere I talk to people and they're like, Jesus Christ, that's high. And I'm like, yeah, well, we have a bunch of gas taxes here that are buying textbooks for kids. I hope I, they're supposed to. They could be buying fucking lizard skin belts for Gavin Newsom. I got no fucking idea. Um, but in the ballot, in the in on the ballot at the ballot box, they sure seemed like a good idea when I cl- when I clicked them. Yes. Oh my God. Of course. What are we going to build? Uh, we're going to build a, a a classroom for the most gifted children, and also we're going to shelter all the hobos. Fantastic gas tax. Uh, and then cut to later, and they're like, Ah, oh, yeah, this gas tax. Uh, it's we've decided to build a concrete shanty town. Well, that doesn't seem comfortable for anybody. Yeah, but here's the worst part. That's for the school kids. <laughs> Wait, do you hear what the hobos get? Um, also, I like, I'm enjoying referring to them as hobos right now just because they, because uh, like homeless is a terrible thing. And, and that, but hobo at least makes it sound like they have some sort of prospect, like they could hop on a train and take adventures on the road. Maybe they could do that. That's what a hobo does. Got some fingerless gloves, hops onto a train, Goes to another city, rebuilds. It's perfect. Homeless. That just that's just a dude who's got his foot caught in a drain. Can't fucking get away. Uh, and it's a terrible thing. Look, I empathize clearly. I'm an ally of all of these groups, the hobos and the homeless both. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the Uber, the gas prices kept me from doing it. I didn't want to do it, but also uh, our lovely friend uh, COVID was another reason for me not to do it. Because as you know, uh, I'm a giant and also I have no uh, insurance. So I didn't want to go out. I, I've I've been very lucky because I, I always see these people all the time on social media or whatever. They're like, I've had friends who've had COVID six times. And, uh, and I'm like, I haven't had it once. And I've I've gone out a lot. You know, I go places. I, I, I go to restaurants. I go to sporting events. I've been in, I've been in a building with fucking 45,000 people. Uh, I was in a building with 60,000 people. And and again, I was fine. I didn't wear a mask. Uh, should I be wearing one? Yes. I have friends who who haven't even, who still won't go out without a mask. And people who, you know, obviously medically we know Lily. But I have other friends who, like I have a friend who was just like, hey man, I just ate in a restaurant for the first time since the pandemic started. And I'm, and I'm sure it was a triumph. And I'm like, that's great. But also in my brain, I'm like, what the fuck? I, I, cause I can't, it's hard for me to fathom. Uh, but I also understand a lot of people are immunocompromised and a lot of people have health stuff and also maybe their, their husbands are, are, you know, susceptible to it, whatever the fuck. So everybody's got their reasons and I, I don't question any of it, but at the same time, it does make me kind of go, Jesus Christ, what if I hadn't gone out since the pandemic? No, I, I I just don't go out because I don't go out. <laughs> uh, but I didn't drive because of the COVID. I don't know what kind of fucking weirdo is going to get in my car. One of the, you know, I might get one of the six COVID guys. You know what I mean? I, I, I might get people who've never had it, which is great. They'll be like me and we'll bond and we'll high five. But then I also might get the fucking five o'clock shadow jerk who's had it eight fucking times because he can't stop licking doorknobs. Um, trust me, you get you driving. You have, it's not like they say, Hey, this guy likes doorknobs. You want to pick him up? No, they just tell you where he's going. Could be fucking anybody. Pick up Jack the fucking ripper. Uh, and as I've told you, Travis barbecue in the old days, I'll go anywhere. doesn't fucking matter. I'll drive you whatever part of town you want to go to. I'll pick somebody else up. It'll be great and grand and we'll all make this happen. Hold on. I have a, my pad, a pad of paper was falling off the desk. Uh, so I've kind of held off because of that, but in not finding a gig, like, cause again, I also, uh, much like with this show, 
where I wanted it to have a great resolution and I could come to you and tell you about it. Uh, I had a plan, as you know, um, <laughs> this year was, uh, I was going to, you know, do a lot more stand up. And by the end of the year, the goal is to start trying to get on the cruise ships and go and do comedy on the high seas pirate style. Har har. Uh, now you also may remember that in 2020, that was the year of, I will, and I proclaimed it. And then in March, the world ended. And now in 2023, I was like, you know what? I think we've emerged on the other side of it. I'm going to give a year toward working like a regular gig and scrambling and putting together some money and doing this and, and working on myself and physically and mentally, as well as going out and doing standup and getting better at that. I'm turning, I'm, this was the year to kind of, to reach up out of the surf before I was chewed to death by a group of fucking pike and, uh, and make something of myself and, and possibly, you know, steer the ship properly. And then, uh, March came, <laughs> I'm going to sneeze. I apologize. It's lurking and it won't happen, but I'm all here. Oh, <clears throat> sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> um, and as you know, March came in like a lion and it's, it's still here lurking this lion. He won't fucking leave. Uh, every time it tries to, every time I try, a, a lamb tries to fucking split this lion bites it in half. Um, so I didn't know, I didn't want to Uber. I did, but I wanted to Uber around a regular gig. So I wanted to get the regular gig first and then start the Ubering schedule around it. Right. Which all that does is, uh, again, kicks the can down the road and gives you an excuse not to do work. It gives you an excuse to go, well, I, you know, I don't want to Uber yet because I don't have a regular gig and it's, I don't know the limits and you know, just get just fucking get out there, dude. The, the perfect is the enemy of the good. Just get out the fucking door, hop in the fucking car and give somebody a ride somewhere just once. Give somebody one ride and then see if you can pick somebody else and give them a ride and see how it goes. Because that's that's the whole point is if you get to doing it, like say going to the gym, uh, getting out of bed and going to the fucking gym is the, is the worst. It is the fucking worst. Uh, but once you do it and you get to the gym and you fucking get on the treadmill and you run a couple miles listening to fucking awesome music and then you lift weights for like an hour and 20 minutes and then you run another mile before you, you know, I, used to, I was in a nice routine doing that when I was going to the gym. And, uh, you know, I had to stop that because the money, I was like, I got to save money here. Got to save money there. So, uh, once you do something, you're doing it and it's fine. It's just for me, my brain is like, well, what if you didn't do that? What if you held off? What if everything had to be perfect for you to do that? Let's get some perfect stuff done. Right. Or better yet, let's do nothing. Wouldn't that be awesome? Oh my God. Nothing is great. And by nothing is great. I don't mean that nothing is great. Like there's no things that are great. I mean, the concept and the thing that is nothing is fucking perfect because I love nothing. No, I love some things, but nothing as a, as a thing. I love it. All right. Uh, should I whisper the rest of the show? Um, so the beginning of March, uh, it's actually the end of February. Really? Uh, I said, you know what? You got to just fucking drive, dude. You, you have to get out there because, uh, my money was starting to fucking waver to and fro and the end of the month was coming. So I was like, here's the deal. If you, if you go out the end of the month and you drive like a fucking maniac, see what you can make. And, and also it gives you the lay of the land. As far as Uber, you can find out what it's like again, but at least you'll do one week of it. You'll be driving and, and you'll make some money. And like I said, you can kind of stay ahead of your bills, whatever the fuck, because I was, you know, I'm, as I've told you before, I used to be able to just gangster my way through this shit and just be like, you know what, fucking time to pay the check. And uh, and since the pandemic, I found a lot of me going, you know, what if the check could wait? 
I'm like, I'm like the worst restaurant customer. I'm just sitting at a table and, and they brought me the check. And yet I just continue to fucking pick through my Caesar salad remnants and smoke fucking clove cigarettes outside, man. Get the fuck out of here. We got to turn the table over, man. And I refuse. Uh, so I got to you know, stop doing. Ah, that's fucking awful. It's bad enough. I'm drinking water on the air, but then I got to bust in the ah. Terrible. Um, so uh, I wind up thinking to myself, I've got to drive that final week of February. I've got to get out there and fucking jam. It's just, you know, just get out there and see what happens. Uh, and so I planned on driving on the weekend, which was, uh, I believe, the 25th, maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know. That's because it was 25, 26, 27, 28. Yeah, I think it was the 25th. Well, I was going to drive on Friday the 24th. I'm like, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go like in the old days. We're going to drive all day Friday. Or, you know, from four o'clock on until whatever time and then drive Saturday, drive Sunday, see how it works. Just see and, and also find out what's changed with Uber because I haven't done it in three fucking years. Um, so sure enough, I uh, I get up Friday morning and I'm like, all right, so tonight you'll go out, you'll drive, do what you got to do. And uh, when I wake up on Friday, we are deluged by storms. Like, I mean, we it is raining hard a lot and it will not stop. And it's, it's raining all day. It rains all afternoon. It gets into early evening and it's still pouring to the point where like my swimming pool uh, is, is overflowing. Okay. It, I'm not joking. It is that much rain. Uh, outside of my house, there are you know landscaping patches and it's deeply recessed within the concrete. It's probably six or seven inches into the ground or five even, I would say, uh, really. And those are filled. Like the water, the ground can't absorb me war, any more water, and it's it's flooding outside of my house. And we get like Amber Alerts, like fucking on the phone, telling us there are flash floods in my in my city, like you know my suburb where I live, not just like in the county or whatever. They're like specifically my area. Do not leave your house. Flash flood is warning is in effect for three hours. And I'm I'm in the house and I'm like fuck I'm supposed to drive tonight what the fuck am I going to do I should go out but at the same time it's so bad but also you can make a lot of money if it's fucking rainy because people need rides and shit like that and I'm like maybe I should do that and then like I said I started to get these bulletins and I started to see these things on social media and they're literally the police and the city were telling you don't go out they're like do not do not drive because it is so bad outside right now and there is terrible flooding and rain and it's going to continue for the next day like literally for like 30 hours so i'm like all right well uh you really don't need to give me an excuse to say that i won't work that night i mean i had a plan i was ready to head out i'm like all right let's do this let's drive let's make it happen and then uh <laughs> uh in the middle of friday all of a sudden it was like eight o'clock at night and i'm like you know what i can we'll see if it clears up in a couple hours and then around 10, 15, I'm like, you know what? Fuck this, man. I'm just, you know what? And there's no, perhaps you'll understand what I'm saying here. There is no better feeling than giving yourself the gift of not having to do something. I know for a lot of people it comes up when they make plans with somebody and then that person cancels and you're just like, oh yes. Like you're, you can take off your good shoes and you can you can make a fucking cup of tea and you sit down and you can put TV on or just marinate or read a book. Your night is back to you own your night again. You know what I mean? It's it's the greatest feeling in the fucking world. 
So when I have to make that decision where I just go, yeah, you can't drive tonight, dude. It's fucking dangerous. And, and <laughs> normally I'm always giving myself the night off. But at that point, I can even go, look, man, this isn't even me saying it. It's the fucking president or whoever the fuck. He's like, don't go outside. I'm like, all right, cool. I won't. Uh, so I was home and uh, I had food in my house. Cause I had just gone shopping and here's, here's what I bought. Here's what I did. Uh, I'm trying to stop. I was trying to stop eating candy. Right. So you know what I bought? I bought fucking cereal. Like maybe if I have a bowl of cereal at night, instead of a giant fucking candy bar and it's just weaning your way down, you know what I mean? Eventually I'll stop at the fucking cereal. I shouldn't eat anything at fucking night. But at the same time, uh, if you can buy some fucking, you know, Apple Jacks or whatever the fuck and be like, Hey, what if I had a bowl of that in the middle of the night? That'd be fine. Better than a candy bar. So I actually bought a gallon of milk cause I don't drink milk. Uh, if I need milk for recipes, I'll just buy like a quart. But I was like, you know what, man, I'm going to be eating cereal like every day. Let's go ahead and buy a gallon of milk, Bought gallons of milk. Now, did I still buy candy bars? Of course I did. Uh, but I had cereal too. <laughs> now I wasn't going to eat the two together, but you never know what's the fuck's going to happen. But, uh, but I, so I, I was like, you know what it's, and it was this overwhelming feeling of joy. Cause I'm like, I got, I got a ton of food in the house. Uh, I don't have to go out. I've even, I have permission from the state to not go out and work. So that's perfect. It was almost like a reminiscent of the pandemic where they're like, Hey man, everybody should stay home. And you're like, Oh man, I don't want to stay home. And they're like, you know what? There's nothing I'd rather do than stay home. They're like, stay home for a year. You're like, fuck, I can't stay home for a year. And then you're like, wait a minute. I love staying home for a year. Uh, so I'm like, all right, I, I'm going to give myself this Friday night off and, and take care of business and do whatever I got to do. So, uh, here's what I decided I was going to do. I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I've never seen the Hobbit movies. I love the Lord of the Rings movies, so I should watch the Hobbit movies. And here's what I need to know. What if I watched all of them, all of the Hobbit movies and the Lord of the Rings? What if I started a rewatch of the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings? That would be fucking fantastic, right? That sounds like an amazing thing to do on a Friday night in your house when you listen to the rain outside. Oh, and you're just warm in your own house while you're listening to the cold. Oh, it's so great. I love it. So uh, I texted my lovely friend, David Hernandez who is a huge fan of the Lord of the Rings. And I know he's seen the hobbits. And so I write him and I'm like, Hey dude, you've seen the hobbits, right? And, uh, he, he says, yes. And I go, are they worth watching? And how do I watch them? Like in what order should I watch the hobbits first? And then the Lord of the Rings stuff, or do they mix and match? Like, how does it go? And he's explaining it to me. And at the same time I'm Googling and I'm finding out that the hobbits like pre they, they are a precursor to the Lord of the Rings movies. So, and also there's plenty of websites that tell you the order in which you're supposed to watch them. And I'm like, all right, look at this. And that, but the problem is, <laughs> as you know, if you're a fan of those things, uh, the Lord of the Rings movies are now three hours and 50 minutes. I own the, the extended version box set. So, but I, but they're still also streaming on like HBO or something else. And it's the extended versions and they're four hours long. The movies, uh, the Hobbit movies, I think are like three hours, whatever the fuck. And I'm like, but that's okay, man. Because you know what? The state said I can stay home. <laughs> I can watch at least a couple of these tonight. So Max and I are texting back and forth. And uh, I'm looking up The Hobbits. I look it up online. And I'm like, all right, you know what? I got to find where The Hobbit is. It's probably streaming on HBO. Uh, and that's another thing. I have, uh, I you know, I'm not going to buy them. But I need to make sure they're streaming for this plan to come to fruition. And I go to turn the TV on. And I'm texting with David. And uh, all of a sudden, my power goes out. And I'm sitting in pitch black. Okay. And my fucking smoke alarm, whatever the fuck is chirping, that carbon monoxide thing. 
And I'm like, uh, whoa, that's fucking weird. And so um, I text David a video and I'm like, hey, uh, the Hobbit seemed like a great plan. But as you can see, my power is out and, uh, you know, it hasn't come back on yet. We'll see. what. Ha-. And then all of a sudden there was like a weird power surge where the light flashed. And I go, whoa, did you see that? All right, look, if I die, please know that I said, tell people I sent you this video to tell you I love you before I died. <laughs> and, uh, and so then I just let him go. And then I basically sat there waiting for the power to come back on. Uh, and it was 10.54 p.m. that this started, by the way. And uh, it's it stayed out. And then it stayed out. Because normally the power will go off. And it comes back on in, you know, a couple minutes, maybe. It happens maybe once a year sort of thing. Uh, but this time it stayed off. And it stayed off. And it stayed off for an hour. And it stayed off for two hours. And I do know from being a kid when we would have our electricity shut off and we wouldn't pay the bill, my mom would say, don't open the fridge. Because all the cold is still trapped inside. <laughs> so it can make everything, it'll keep everything uh, fresh as long as, it, you know, for like five hours, six hours. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. So I kept that uh, that closed. Because then uh, I, I would open the freezer, though, because I'm drinking ice water. I'm not an animal. I have to get some ice. So uh, 11 becomes 12, becomes 1, becomes 2. Uh, and now my phone is starting to die. So now I have to go out to my car and start my car and plug in my phone. And I'm, I'm surfing the web. I, it, it looks like I'm killing myself because I'm sitting out there in a running car in my carport. But I'm basically just sitting there with the electricity on so I can charge my battery as well as still surf the web because, fuck, what else am I going to do, right? So uh, 2 becomes 3 becomes 4 becomes 4.30. And I'm like, all right, well, it's been fucking five and a half hours. And... Uh, you should probably go to bed. Maybe that. Let's do that. Let's go to bed. Yeah, that's what will happen. Let's fix it by going to bed. So uh, I went to bed and then I woke up and the power was still out. Uh, I woke up at noon and, and and the good part is it's light outside. All right. So uh, I go outside and I start to talk to my neighbors a little bit. And it turns out that half the building has power and half the building does not. My building is kind of like a oval or a horseshoe and everybody on the left side of the horseshoe has power. There's a clear delineation of where everybody on my side of the building does not. And, uh, and it started to get freaky weird outside. Like the neighbors were starting to ask, Hey man, can I just charge my phone? And people weren't answering their doors. It was, it was just a real weird vibe here, man. And I, again, I'm not asking anybody. I'm still going out to the fucking car. And I talked to, uh, Lou, my neighbor and my buddy Oscar. And they're just like, Hey, there's an outlet in the laundry room. I was like, really? And they go, yeah, there's another outlet over by the grill. You can use that. That's, you know, there's a lot of people already have like a power strip set up. I'm like, okay. So I went into the the laundry room and uh, the weird thing was like the laundry, again, the laundry thing was working. So I said, well, I'll just fucking do my clothes. So the washers and dryers were working and I washed, I did laundry while I was waiting and I'm sitting in there with my phone plugged in uh, and the power's still out. And now it turns into like, you know, this is like I said, before daylight savings time. So now it gets to be six o'clock. It's getting dark. And it's seven o'clock and, uh, I'm just like, all right, well, this is fucking weird. And eight o'clock and nine, and the, the power's not coming out. And now we're doing this thing where people are calling LADWP and we're being assured, uh, that there's, cause there were power outages everywhere. There's huge, still giant potholes. There's fucking puddles and it's still raining, uh, you know, and it's supposed to be raining through the weekend. And I'm like, fuck, this is crazy. So then I'm in my house and, and I go out to charge my phone and, and I'm sitting in the laundry room and then I come into the house and it's fucking eight and then it's nine at night and then it's 10 
and it's 11 and now it's dark and I'm just in my apartment and I'm like, fucking, when is this power coming back on? And then in my brain, I go, dude, why the fuck are you still here? Go, go, you now go drive. It's not raining or it's just raining a little bit, but you should take this opportunity because what the fuck are you doing? You're going to sit in your apartment for one. You were supposed to drive the whole weekend. That guy shows up, you know, the, the real boss dude. And he's like, you got to go. So I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. All right. So I went out to Uber on that Saturday night and uh, I left my house at midnight <laughs> and I went out to drive and I, I experienced the new Uber, which is really interesting. Um, it seems like you do make a little extra money, just a little though. Um, and it also tells you the amount you know, like down to the penny that you're going to make on the ride, which is great. Uh, but here's the thing. It'll tell you like it, it flashes a number. It'll say like $11 or 11, $11 and 18 cents for the ride. And you have to tap the screen to accept the ride. So I would tap the screen instantly because my, I just ate miles. Like that was my strategy all the time was I just grabbed rides. I just would, I would eat miles. I would grab rides. I didn't give a fuck. If I was in the car, I was driving. None of this fucking lollygag and none of this like, well, maybe I'll take a trip in 10 minutes. You know, fuck that. I was, I wanted the night would fly by if you take constant trips. So the problem was I would accept these trips and it would be like, say it'd be like a $7 ride. I just tap it. And it turns out that the person was like five and a half miles away. And I was, and I did it a couple times. And then I was in my brain. I'm just like, wait a minute. What the fuck? What what Uber has done is they've kind of taken away like they they used to try to hook you up with rides that were close to where you were. Well, now it's just kind of a free for all and they offer you stuff in a general area. It used to be within like the first, you know, like two or three miles of where you were. But now they're off your rides that are like six and seven and eight miles away. So you're driving for free for eight miles to get there. And then it might be some ride that's only seven bucks. And I. I sussed it out pretty quick. It took me a couple hours, but I was like, hey, wait a minute. Because again, it, it flashes so quickly and you're driving, you you can you have to read the small print of where they're sending you. It's sneaky, is what it is. It's just fucking sneaky. And so uh I I you know I was I was taking it, but I will tell you this is one other great thing. Um well one great thing, I should say. Uh they have reserved rides on Uber. So you would get this message and it would say a, a rider has requested a ride and you'd tap on it and it would be for like 3.30 in the morning with their address and you're taking them to the airport. And it would tell you it's a $40 ride or a $38 ride or a $32 ride. And uh, I took like three of those the first fucking night. I'm like, yeah. And it didn't mean I had to schlep. Yeah, because I went all the way to fucking Agoura Hills and then I took somebody to LAX and then I had to go all the way back to Sherman Oaks and then take somebody back to LAX, but I just didn't fucking care. And then I had to go to downtown LA and take somebody to LAX. But I would much rather do fucking eight of these reserved rides at 40 bucks a crack than, than try to chase fucking five and $6 rides because they might be six, seven miles away anyway. So you just basically, you're learning how to regain the system. You know what I mean? Uh, but those reserved rides, I'm like, I'll just, I started to map a strategy in my head where I'm like, I'll just fucking do this. I'll just do these fucking reserve rides. I'll get up, you know, at two in the morning and take four reserved rides in the AM. And then you're, you could pretty much be done for the fucking day. Really? If you can make it work. Um, so I drove hardcore the first night I drove Saturday night. Like I said, about from midnight till 9am on Sunday morning. 
And the last fare, this is this is completely true. The last fare I picked up was uh, I, I she was in Pasadena, and I and she was going all the way to fucking Downey, and I'm like, oh, that's fine. And I get it was it was good money, so I was cool with it. But now it's daylight, and now you're kind of groggy because you've been fucking in the car and driving. And uh, I, I drove, and she wasn't where she was supposed to be. But then all of a sudden, she emerged from like an SUV. It was so weird. And she got in my car, and she was a uh, she was an Asian woman, Chinese. And uh, you know, I I tapped the thing, and I'm like, I started to tell her about the music, and she's like, I'm on the phone. And I'm like, all right. And she spent the whole trip on the phone, which is fine. You can talk. I don't give a fuck. I mean, it means I can't have the radio on, but I don't give a shit really. But uh, but I'm not joking. This is the last. I drove nine hours. Okay, and the last ride I took was an Asian woman who spent the entire ride open mouth coughing. <laughs> no fucking mask, no, just on the phone and like, and I'm not joking. I could see her in the rearview, never covered her mouth, <coughs> like a lot of that shit. And in my brain, I'm like, I'm dead. I just died. I li- I literally the first night out, and I fucking died ridiculous and I wanted to say to her hey you know truthfully I wanted to go hey can you cover your mouth like because normally you should say hey like can you put a mask on or I should put my own mask on um but what you want to go is hey you fucking dumbass cover your fucking mouth be it be polite be a grown-up what the fuck are you doing um but I didn't because I just, you know, in my brain, I'm like, just finish this fucking ride and get her out of your fucking car. Uh, but she's talking on the phone the whole time and coughing up a fucking storm. Never covered her mouth. And I'm like, this is the craziest thing. Last ride of the day. I'm like, of course, of course this fucking happens. So I, I drop her off and fucking down. Yeah, I know. Like I said, I drove. I got home at like 845, 9 a.m. And uh, I pull up. There's a couple of twins who live in my building. And, they're, and they, I look at them and I go, how are we doing? And they're like, oh, we're on. Power's on. I'm like, awesome. When? They go, oh, it was just like two hours ago. So my power was out for like 44 hours, something like that. And, uh, you know, I, it happens because again, the rain was so terrible and I have, I have other friends who it was out for two more days even after that. So it's like, we were, we were lucky to only have it out for the 40 hours or whatever the fuck. But uh, what I wasn't so lucky about was, like I said, I went grocery shopping the day before the fucking storms and I had to throw away a pound of fucking ham and dump out an entire gallon of milk. Now, I know you're thinking to yourself, well, Mike, I'm sure they were fine. I don't know, man. I'm not going to buy fucking I'm going to eat lukewarm ham. You know what I mean? Some fucking ham that got warm and then fucking re because that was the what I've always been told is that when something thaws or when something does that uh, and then gets re refrigerated, that's when bacteria happens. Uh, it's not so much about keeping something on your counter, but if you put something in a cold space and then you let it get warm and then you remake it cold, that's, that's really fucking dangerous. At least that's what I learned from restaurants and shit. They were like, don't leave shit. You know, look, you're not supposed to leave shit on your counter anyway, because there's fucking blood and whatever the fuck. But if you have something and like the walk with the walk-in would go down, we'd be fucking dead. Like we'd go get ice chests because he was like, you you can't let stuff warm up and then recool it because it's just fucking garbage. And that's what happened to me. I had to throw out a fucking pound of ham. I had to dump out a fucking gallon of milk. I'm just like, God damn, this is fucking 18 bucks. Uh, and I did okay money-wise the first night. But the most important thing was I was back in the swing. 
after doing it that day, I was like, you know what? I got to go out. I just got to do it. Now I've done it. You know, you broke your fucking cherry again. So fucking get out there. So I went out Sunday, um, Sunday night I slept, you know, all day. And then I went out Sunday night and, uh, the, and this is again, this is Uber, uh, the, on the sec, my second fair on Sunday, I pull up and I, I you know, I tap the thing that I'm there and it's a, a bar in, uh, it was up North near Sadakoy. Uh, and I'm parked on the side street and these, these people come around the corner and it's a guy basically carrying his friend. And in my brain, I'm like, Oh, come on. You wait a minute. People still drink. <laughs> wait, people drunk. People still take fucking Uber. What the fuck? And he, it was like, a, you know, you ever seen a war movie when you got your buddy standing up and you put his arms around your neck and you're holding his wrist and your other hands around his waist and you're basically helping him out of the battlefield because he stepped on a landmine or whatever the fuck. And you got to get him to, <laughs> to the medic so he can sprinkle that white powder on him and put a fucking bandage on him. Uh, that's what it looked like. They just come fucking fife and drumming around the goddamn corner. And I'm like, son of a bitch. And I unlocked the door and I... I, I hadn't had anybody drunk the night before. So I was like, hey, maybe nobody drinks anymore. Guess what? Second fucking fair on Sunday. And they go to get in and the kid who's sober is super sober. Like he's crazy. And he's just like, hi, how you doing? I go, look, is he okay? And he goes, oh yeah, you know, he's he's promised me he's just a little tipsy. You know, I go, he's not tipsy. You had to carry him to the car and that's fine. But you got to tell me what we're in for here. I said, because if he throws up in my car, it ends my night and you guys have to pay 150 bucks. And he's like, oh yeah, I know I've done it before. And I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't say this to him, but I'm like, wait a minute. You've done this shit before and thrown up in a car and paid the huge price and you're getting drunk again and getting into a fucking car. What the fuck is wrong with you, man? Uh, but I didn't. I was calm. I go, okay. I go, I'm just telling you, you know, you got to pay that. It ends my night. And I just, I just don't want to clean fucking puke out of my car, dude. I just don't. And he's like, no, we're fine. I promise you he's fine. And he goes, Are, aren't you fine? <laughs> like the guy just fucking groans. I'm like, we're dead. So the ride was seven miles and in your brain, you're like, all right, I just got to get this seven miles underway. And there's a lot of traffic lights and shit. It's not seven freeway miles. It's seven miles of, of local. And I start to drive. And after about a mile and a half, the guy goes, I hear him. He's like, and I fucking, I go, is he all right? And he goes, no, no. Can you stop the car? Can you stop it? And I stopped the fucking car and it's, it's nighttime, right? It's like bar time. And there's nobody driving because it's Sunday night in the, in by Northridge. And, uh, he opens the door and the kid leans out and just fucking yaks. And I hear it. And I'm like, son of a bitch. I go, is he okay? And he goes, yeah. And I go, did he get any on my door? He goes, no, I don't think so. And he took, and again, he was a good kid. He took his phone and used the light. And he's like, no, there's nothing on here. I go, cause if there's even one, one shred of it, dude, it's, I'm literally, I'm dinging you guys. And cause the whole car will stink. You can't, he's like, I know, I'm sorry. And he pulls him back in the car. And I go, he can't even, you gotta, I go wipe his mouth. He can't drip on the seat. I go, what? And he goes, no problem. No problem. So I said, all right. So I, I mean, he threw up, by the way, I didn't even pull over. I stopped in the middle of trap. Like there's, cause there's no traffic. I stopped in the middle of the lane and he just leaned out and he threw up on the street, like on, on the fucking surface street. And I'm like, fuck this dude. And, uh, you know, I won't drag out the suspense. I drove another mile or two and he fucking puked again. I had to pull over. He threw up three times, three fucking times on the way to his house. And when I finally got to his house, I, you know, I got out of the car and I, I looked in the back and 
miraculously, there was no vomit. Uh, he had it on his shirt, but it wasn't on my seat. It wasn't on my floor. It wasn't on my my door. And to his credit, the kid was like, hey, can I take some pictures of the inside of your car? I said, yeah, go ahead. He goes, yeah, because I don't I don't want to be if, you, you know, some people will report you and say that you did. And I need to have proof. And I go, I don't care. I go, I'm just glad you guys didn't fucking throw up. And I hope he's OK. Meanwhile, his friend is laying face down on the lawn like right, you know, with his head by the mailbox post and his fucking legs over the curb. I'm just like this fucking dude who who gets that sloppy drunk anymore? I know if you're a young guy and you can't hold your fucking booze, whatever the fuck, but who who throws up three times and then is laying face down on the fucking lawn with your knees in the gutter? I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. While your other friend is fucking Ansel Adams in the backseat of my fucking car because he wants to prove that you didn't yak in it. What a fucking mess your life is. Uh, but you know whose life is more of a mess? Perhaps the guy who has to sherpa them around because he needs money. Maybe that guy who has to put up his car on the sacrificial fucking altar of vomit every single time he picks somebody up late at fucking night god damn it because he spent 30 years doing the wrong shit so i drive sunday and like i said now i'm I'm back in the swing all right so i drive monday and i and by the way i'm i started keeping a log of how much the gas costs uh like i said i drove almost nine hours on on saturday i spent 42 dollars in gas uh, on Sunday, I spent $28 on Monday, also $28. Cause I drove kind of the same amount of, of, of distance and I'm keeping track, uh, because in my brain, I'm like, all right, well, you can't say you've made all this money without understanding how much gas you had to pay. It's a fucking whatever. I tried to be brace yourselves a fucking adult. I tried to be an adult about it. Right. And I'm like, all right, I can make this work. So I start keeping a log. So then I'm going to drive Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, and then the, the first of the month is, uh, is Thursday. Um, or actually Thursday. No, the first is Wednesday. Wednesday's the first and my rent is due on the third. So I'm like, if I drive hardcore all the way up to the third, uh, we'll, we'll have, we'll be good. And then we'll bank some money too, which is great because other bills are due, whatever the fuck. Um, so I go drive on Monday and it's, like I said, I'm back in the swing. It's fine. It's raining. Uh, it has continued to rain the entire weekend, but not nearly as hard as it did the first two days. Uh, my power goes out again. Uh, this time it's out for six hours, uh, but it comes back on. Uh, dealing with that, the, dealing with driving. Um, then Tuesday comes along and the rain is hardcore again. Flash flood warnings, just brutal. And I make the grown up decision to give myself the day off. And I know you're like, well, fuck you do that all the time. Yes, I do. But I was in the swing and I drove hardcore Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And on Tuesday I was like, well, I could chance it and I could go out, but it's to make the decision where you're like, you know, you don't have to do it. You're okay right now. And, and it was weird. I, you know what I did? I read in my house. I listened to the rain outside and I read I just, I just cooled out. I didn't watch TV. I didn't put in earbuds. I didn't listen to music. I listened to the rain and I just, I felt responsible. I felt like proud that I had driven for three days and made some money and done okay. And, and I had kind of earned being able to stay off the road this particular day because I had humped it for three fucking days and actually made pretty good cash. Uh, so I, uh, that happened, that happened Tuesday. I stayed home. I didn't drive. Now Wednesday, I'm like, well, I'll drive Wednesday, but I had poker on Wednesday with my friends. So I go to my buddy Chip's house 
and uh, I play poker, and I'm like, I'll play poker, and I'll just drive afterwards. Be totally fine. So that's what I did. We played poker, and we actually the game wrapped up pretty fucking quick. It, it wrapped up at like 11:45, which I was shocked at. It usually doesn't. We usually play to like one or so. So it wrapped up early, and uh, so I, I was like, oh, that's kind of good because I'd rather be on the road a little earlier, like 12, because uh, I don't know what the bar time is like on the weekdays and stuff. Again, I haven't been doing this for a while, so it's just kind of relearning the whole landscape. So we play poker. I split. And I go out and I just turn the fucking phone on. Immediately get pinged. Uh, drive and pick somebody up. Uh, and I drive for about yeah, about an hour and a half and I wind up in Hollywood, took somebody down to West Hollywood and then I got pinged to pick some people up at a hotel. So uh, I go to the hotel and four people come out and they're young and it's uh, three dudes and a woman and they get in the car, uh, three in the back seat, one in the front. And it turns out that they are, well, one of them is a rapper and the other is his engineer and producer. And... I'm driving, you know, we're in Hollywood and it turns out they're going to the valley, which I kind of like because I can, I can, and it's a, it's a decent trip where I was, it was like a $17 trip, which is fine, but also takes me into the valley where it's, it's a little less busy at bar time, but you'll still get more rides, whatever the fuck. And also, I don't know though, it's Tuesday. I just wanted to go back that way. So I was happy. So they get in the car. And uh, I give them the speech. I'm like, look, man, if you want to open the windows, you can. But with the rain, we probably shouldn't. If you want the air on, that's cool. The heat. I go, and uh, also, um, you know, I have satellite radio. We can put on whatever you want. You can listen to your own music if you want. That's totally fine. And the guy's like, yeah, could we could we play our music? I said, sure. So I gave him the aux cord. And he plugs in his phone. And they start playing their tracks, this rapper guy. And it's stuff that they had just fucking mixed. So he's playing it, and I go, look, I go, and also, I like loud music, so if you want it turned up, let me know. I'll crank it up. However, how you want it is totally fine. And like, well, can you do that? Can you turn it up? I said, sure. So I turned it up, and uh, it was heavy bass. It was rap. It was heavy bass. Um, kind of like, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't slow like Future. It was almost like a weird De La Soul type of vibe. But also it was with a little harder edge on the lyrics. It was interesting, but the music was kind of fun and the samples. I liked it. I didn't mind it at all. And I cranked it up. And here's the best part. Like I have a really good stereo in my car. Uh, I think I told you this. And I have like a fucking EQ that's ridiculous. And I have great speakers. The one thing I did do was, uh, you know, when I bought this car a million years ago, I went and I put in you know, a great stereo, uh, or my ex did, she paid for it. I paid her back, but we, we, you know, I went ahead and, and tripped it out. So, uh, so whenever people get in my car, you know, I have satellite radio and stuff and I'll usually play like fucking chill music. And I always, this sounds ridiculous. I shouldn't care about this, but people will always say, uh, you know, this is the best music I've ever heard in an Uber. This is, this was, man, thank you for having great music in your Uber or whatever. And oh my God, you got a great radio if they play their own music, whatever the fuck. And I, and turn it up. I kind of take a perverse pride in it because I like my stereo and I like my music and I, I like when people are like satisfied, I guess. I don't know. So uh, he's like, can you turn it up? And I did. And I, he's like, can you turn it up? And I'm like, yeah. And I, I kept turning it up and my, and the EQ could take it. And the bass wasn't fucking overriding, but it was still like, like it was fucking. And I even thought to myself, I'm like, man, I love this fucking stereo. I'm, I'm so lucky that I, you know, I love this fucking car. I love this fucking stereo. And, and I felt good. You know, I'm back at it. I'm, I'm out there doing responsible things. Whether they're driving people to and fro or writing bits and going on stage or, I mean, just 
being productive is huge. And I know that sounds ridiculous coming off a guy who just sat on a fucking month of podcasts, but, but your brain can also tell you, well, you know, maybe nobody wants you, whatever the fuck, you know, you know, my challenges. So I'm driving in Hollywood and I have to merge onto the 101 freeway at Highland. Okay. So you can Google it if you want, but I mean, um, when you're doing it, it's a weird two lane, uh, entry onto the freeway. But as you get out of the freeway, everybody goes into one lane. So two lanes turns into one lane and you're all, it's kind of going uphill. So you're still getting up to speed as you're driving. Um, and you're in the far left lane. It's, it's like the passing lane, but it's really not because you're all still getting up to speed from being on Highland because when you merge on Highland, it's not, there's no real on-ramp. It's like you just go under this viaduct and then you're on the freeway and the traffic is moving at a clip and in LA, there's always traffic. It doesn't matter what time it is. Uh, it was the one thing that, that fascinated my ex-wife. Like we, when we got into town, it was like one in the morning. She's like, where's our, where are all these people going? And I'm like, I dude, this is what the way it is. There's a fucking 8 million people in this city. So, uh, it's notorious when you're merging on Highland that the two lanes turn into one. And if you're stuck with people who don't realize that, or they don't realize that it's going uphill, they're still going like 40 miles an hour. And, and you're like, dude, you, you're on the freeway now. You got to fucking, you got to build up. You got to step on it here. We got to meet, uh, match the flow of traffic. So inevitably what you wind up doing, if somebody is going that slow, you just, you have to punch it and go around them because it's, you know, again, my car is a fucking four cylinder. It's not, it's not a fucking charger or anything. It runs smoothly, but it doesn't have real pickup but it doesn't matter. I got to get around this guy. So, you know, they're bumping the fucking tunes and it's fucking great. And the, and the, it's just sounding awesome. I'm, the EQ was killing it. And in my head, I was just like, I actually like this song. Like this isn't bad music. Maybe I'll ask these guys who they are or whatever the fuck. And so I punch it to go around the guy in front of me. And I got So I've got to merge right. Normally you would merge left to pass, but I have to merge right because this guy's going 40 miles an hour on the fucking freeway. So I punch it. And I put my signal on and I go to merge into the right, into the, you know, into the right hand lane. Uh, and by the way, there's, there's five lanes of traffic. So it's not like I'm getting into the farthest. I'm getting, you know, into the second lane, which is fine. And I saw it instantly, but also instantaneously. I was driving and I punched it. And I started to pass and my lights caught it in the road. And I'm t- I don't, uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't have any fucking idea what it was. It, it, it could have, it looked like it was a branch, but it looked like metal. So it could have been like a fucking crowbar. It could have been an anvil. I don't fucking know what it was. All I know is there was no way I was missing it because as I was merging over, it just, I'm going, I'm going 70 miles an hour, you know, to merge across and I punch it and I go around this guy and then I see it come upon me and I'm like, there's not, you can't break cause it's right there, but it's not tall enough for me to hit. It's just on the road. And in my brain, I'm like, please go over the top of this. Please just don't even like, it's that whole thing where everything happens in three seconds, but you have a week's worth of thoughts and I punch it and I go around and I catch it in my headlights and I'm, I see it. And I don't even get to say, oh, no, or break. And I run over it. And like I said, I don't know if it was half a bumper. Whatever it was, it had bad intentions. And it fucking tore apart the bottom of my car. 
to the point where I'm, like I said, I'm driving, I'm punching it, I'm, I'm accelerating, I go, and I run over this thing, and my car just, my engine goes, like it just downshifts in a, in a ludicrous way. And there's no acceleration. And my dashboard lights up like like a fucking Christmas tree. I mean, everything comes on. The crankcase, the oil, the engine, all, all of the lights come on. It's fucking weird. And I'm on the freeway. I mean, I'm going 70, which now has been downloaded to 50 because of whatever happened to my fucking car. And I'm, I'm th- three lanes away of merging, and there's traffic moving at a clip and all this stuff, and I'm three lanes away from getting even f- over. And there's no shoulder on the 101 where I'm at. So I have to get to an off-ramp, but the off-ramp is barum and it kind of is right on top of you. So I go, guys, I'm sorry. And I put my signal on and I start to merge over and they're like, what happened? Is your, I go, I don't know. I go, you, you can see I, we hit something. And the guy goes, I know we did, but what, like, what was it? I, go, I have no idea. And I'm trying to merge across, but I'm only going 50 and everybody else is going 75 or whatever the fuck. And I'm trying to, and so I missed the barum off-ramp. So now I have to drive like another mile and a half. Because again, there's no shoulder and I'm trying to get over to Universal Studios Boulevard and I'm merging and my car, now there's smoke and there's a, there's smoke kind of coming from under the hood and it's coming from under the car. And I, I know in my brain, I know what this is because I think I told you a story once before I was driving a car once a Cavalier. I owned a Cavalier and, uh, the oil light came on. I was coming home from a gig. This is in like 1991. And uh, I was like, oh, I better get that looked at tomorrow. <laughs> and I kept driving. And like four miles later, the car just seized up. All of a sudden, there was this burning smell and smoke, and the car just wouldn't go. And I pulled over and stopped. My car was a paperweight. And the next day I called, I had to have it towed. And they were just like, yeah, you're, you just, you burnt your engine out. There's no oil in it. I'm like, what the fuck? So. In my brain, I'm like, did did this thing dislodge the oil pan? Like, what the fuck happened? Why did everything? Co- I have no idea, but I'm, I can't consider that. I'm just trying to get off the fucking freeway. So I'm merging across. I finally get over, and, and there's Universal Studios Boulevard, and that's an uphill off-ramp. And I start to drive up, and the car now is shaking violently. Like, and there's smoke coming out from under the car and the hood, and I pull about halfway up the off-ramp. And I pull over and I I just put it in park. I go, guys, I'm really sorry. And they're like, yeah, no, I I, I don't know what I hit. I go, but it's, I mean, clearly the car is not going to go anymore. I'm, I'm really sorry about this, but you're going to have to get out and and get a different ride. That's cool. You know, and then they guy takes his phone, whatever they go to split. I'm sitting in the car and, uh, I don't even want to look because I can't. What am I going to do? Open the hood? <laughs> Who the fuck am I? Fucking Mr. Goodwrench, Johnny Motor. I'm none of those fucking guys. Uh, but I'm just sitting in the car. So I get out and there's smoke just pouring out from under the car. And I look under and there's shit hanging. Like, I don't even know what the fuck it was. And I stopped their ride. My phone is still, you know, the app is still on. So I stopped their ride. And uh, the kid's walking away and I hear his phone. It makes the noise. The drink. And he stops and he's, you know, the, the guy, a guy and a girl had kept walking, but those two were like trailing behind and his phone goes, and he stops and I see him. He looks at his phone. I'm looking at my car and he goes, Hey, and I look over, I go, Hey, what's up? 
And he goes, are you a Toyota Camry? I go, yeah. And he goes, are you license plate seven? And he says, my license plate. And I go, yeah. Why? He goes, well, why am I being charged for this ride? I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, it's telling me that you you just charged me for the ride. Why would you do that when your your car like almost wrecked? And I went, because I took you to here. I go, it's charged. I drove you from your hotel to this spot. So I still drove you to here. Uh, so that's what it's charging you for. And he goes, well, that doesn't seem fair. You know, you shouldn't be charging me for a ride that you didn't finish. <laughs> and uh, this is a kid who doesn't know what real life is, clearly. Uh, because I'm I'm looking for a reason to hurt something. Okay? My... my Life is, is again, even if, even if it doesn't know that I'm whatever the fuck that my job is Uber and all that shit, uh, you can clearly see I'm distressed. I mean, there's still smoke billowing out in my face. The smell of burning is still in the air. The stench of what has happened is still clinging to all of us. And so I look at him and I go, are you fucking kidding me? And I start to walk toward him (laughs) and his friend who's thankfully like right at his side, just puts his arm around him and turns him around like, like literally spins him around and goes, Hey, this guy's car just blew up. We got to get the fuck out of here. What are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, I hear him say it and I, I stop walking and they go walking and he's like, yeah, they, you, this guy is fucked. Like we got to go. And in my brain, I'm like kind of perversely proud that his friend knew that. But at the same time, I'm also ashamed that his friend was like, Hey man, this guy's life is over. Hey, this guy's a failure. Let's get the fuck out of here, man. You're going to antagonize a failure at his failing moment. You know, wind up under that fucking car. <laughs> so good for him that he steered his buddy away. And I and so I got in the car and I'm sitting there and they had been. And I will tell you this. This is I've been telling you that, like, my, my battery for my laptop is fucked and my battery for my phone is fucked. Well, when my phone is plugged in, you know, I'm driving and all that stuff. It's still operating, but it's still charging. But I gave them the aux cord. So they could play their music. So I look at my phone and it's only at like 35%. And I, I have to make phone calls. I, I I don't know what the fuck I got to do. All I know is it's not good because also at 35, like if I go to Facebook, it immediately goes to like 26. Like it's, it's, it takes huge chunks off my battery to do anything. So I'm like, all right, well, I got to fucking, so I put it on low battery mode and I call uh, my insurance company tell them I need a tow and they're like, okay, where are you located? And I describe it and it takes fucking 15 minutes for her to find it. And finally she does. She's like, okay, I'm going to send a truck. They should be very soon, you know, probably like 40 minutes. And, and, uh, again, when this happened, it was, it was one We pulled over. I called them at one and she said it would probably be 40 minutes. And I'm like, that's fine. And I'm, I'm safe. You know, I'm on the off ramp, but I'm all the way to the far right on the shoulder of the off ramp. So, and also it's nighttime. Nobody's going to fucking universal studios. So I'm fine. But now I got to sit there and, you know, I can't use my phone because I don't want to kill the battery. And then I tried, it's funny, I tried to start my car so I could just plug in the phone and let it charge. And it started, it, it did. And I plugged in my phone and then after five minutes, it just, the, the whole car started to shake. I wasn't even, I wasn't even, I was in park uh, and I was in park and the whole fucking thing was shake. I'm like, what the hell, dude? 
So I had to turn the car off and just hope that my battery wouldn't die. And I sat there. Uh, I, like I said, it was 145, and then it was 245, and then it was 345, and then it was 10 after 4. And uh, I got a call from the tow truck guy. He's like, where are you located? And I explained it. He's like, okay, I'm, I'm probably like 10 minutes away. And I said, great. And he was more like five minutes away. And he pulls up and he just, this dude jumped into action. And I go, where are you from? Because also there's those fucking guys who cruise the street at night just trying to take your fucking car away. And they charge you a fucked up amount. But I had to make sure he was sent by my insurance company, what the name of the operator was, all that stuff. So he starts to put everything in. I go, hey, look. He's like, where are we going? I said, can you tell this to my mechanic? He goes, sure. I go, the problem is, though, their lot is going to be locked, like they have a gate. So we're going to have to put it close to there. Uh, but because I can't, you know, they got to see it in the morning. He's like, that's fine. Let's go. So I tell him where it is. And I go, look, and I don't mean to be weird because I, I took like a big bag of my stuff, but I left some of the stuff in the trunk because I, I, I'm pretty sure I know what's going on with my car, but I can't be sure. So I, I'm willing to leave some stuff in the car. And also I'm riding in the tow truck cab, so I can grab four bags of shit. So, and I know you're like, what are the four bags? It's all shopping bags. You know, you, you know how to go to the store and you pay a dollar for those fucking like regular shopping bags. Uh, I'll always forget them in the trunk and then I'll buy, you know, a pound of ham and a gallon of milk and I go, fuck, I need a bag. And then I'll just buy an extra bag to the point where I now I've got to have fucking 30 of these shopping bags, which you wouldn't think would be taking up a lot of room, but they do. So, uh, sure enough. I'm like, all right, well, let's go to the mechanic. And I go, would there be a way that you could take me home after that? He goes, uh, how far is it? I'm like, oh, it's, it's really, it's just like three and a half miles to my house. He goes, oh yeah, that's fine. I'll do it. I was like, oh my God, you're the best dude. And, uh, so he tows me over and we, we get there and there's no spots. There's a spot about halfway up the block around the corner but I know the car won't like in the morning. I don't know how I'm going to get it into the lot. I have no idea, dude. All I know is I said, look, let's, he goes, and he, he looked for a few spots and finally he says to me, and again, he was very kind, but he goes, Hey man, what if we just took this to your house and you towed it in the morning? And I go, no dude, absolutely not. I go, the fact that you're here, it took, it took two hours and 40 minutes for you to get here. I can't imagine what it'll be like in the morning. I said, let's just leave it here because I have to come here first thing when they open to tell them what's the, what's going on. And so what I had to do is I had to move some garbage cans and recycling bins <laughs> off to the side and we put the car there and, uh, and then he took me home and I walked in the house and I'm just like, God damn it, dude. Cause I knew, I knew what it was going to be. I was hoping against hope, but I, I, I just assumed I'm like, well, you know, what's going to happen here, dude. So, uh, and, and here's the worst part of it. I, um, I had a job interview the next day at another of our lovely uh, Trader Joseph's. Uh, I had a job interview at two o'clock in the afternoon. Well, I'm not even going to go to bed now because I get home and it's like fucking 515. And I'm going to be at my mechanics at eight. So I stay up. I stay up until fucking eight o'clock. I take an Uber from my house to the the fucking mechanic, which I may have mentioned to you is just like four miles from my house. Uh, round trip, it was like 18 bucks. Uh, I, I, I've had to go a few times. One time it was 22. It all depends on the surge pricing. It all depends. And like I told you, when I would drive Uber, there would people would be like, you know, I'm never buying a car. I'll just Uber everywhere. I don't have to pay for insurance. I don't have to pay for parking. I don't have to pay for gas. 
But then I would take a ride to my mechanic. It would be $17 to go fucking eight miles. And I'd be like, who the fuck can do this? That's, that's a third of a tank of gas in one, in to go nowhere, to do nothing. And, uh, I found out a lot about Uber this month. <laughs> um, so I had to get ready for my interview at two. I go to the mechanic and, uh, I, I, I go, look, man, the car's around the corner. I ran over something on the freeway. I have no idea what it was. I said, the car just seized up. And uh, he's like, okay, well, well, we'll take a look at it. And again, these is, these aren't, these are my new mechanics. Like if I was still with dive from Australia, I would feel very confident. Now they're much farther away, but I would feel a lot more confident whatever they were going to tell me about the car. I, these new guys, I've been to them for oil changes. They're terrific. They've done my brakes. They're close by. They've been open for 35 years. I trust them. I'm building trust with them, but I trust them. Dave, they were doing my car for, you know, eight years. And, and so I totally, whatever happened, I trusted them and they never boned me and it was great. It's one of the hardest thing to do is find somebody to fucking trust mechanically. So I, uh, I go there and I tell them what happened. And I was like, I, I don't even know if it'll start. I, and I said, he goes, well, maybe we can just push it in. And I go, that's great, but it's right up the street. I go, I'll go help or whatever. And he goes, well, hold on, let's figure some stuff out. And he look, tells his son, you know, it's around the corner. And I explain everything that his other guy takes a report and, uh, and then his son walks in and he goes, okay, it's, we've got it in. I go, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, me and Felicio went out and they, they pushed it. They fucking pushed it in. I was like, dude, I would have helped. I totally they're like, no, don't worry about it. So he goes, we'll look at it today and we'll probably let you know by the end of the day. But at the way you're describing, it doesn't sound good. I'm like, yeah, no kidding. But he goes, we'll, we'll be able to take a look and we'll let you know. I said, great. So I leave, I go home and now I got to get some sleep. Uh, so I wound up crashing and, uh, here's another thing about not having your car. Like I, I know how it, to get to the place where I had the interview, you know, it, it would take me 15 minutes to drive there and park, whatever. Uh, but the thing is I, when you don't control your own destiny, when you have to order a fucking ride on an app, you're at the mercy of whoever shows up. You're at the mercy of when they can show up. You're at the mercy of who's in the fucking neighborhood. And as I just told you, Uber is picking people that are fucking nine miles away to come get you. And that's a fucking wait time, you know? So, so now I have to order the car early enough to make sure I get there in time for my fucking two o'clock interview. And, you know, I, so I can only sleep until like 1230. I get up, take a shower or whatever, get ready. And, and, uh, I order the Uber at one o'clock and, uh, a guy accepts the ride and then it says he'll be there in like eight minutes and then he cancels. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So I, and it says hooking you up with another driver, hooking up. And it, it, you sit there and look at the app. And essentially, it hooked me up with three drivers who canceled. So now it's it's like 10 after one. And I'm like, what the hell is fucking happening, man? Because I don't, I don't have any idea. So it finally hooks me up with somebody, and they're 15 minutes away. They said that. He got there in 10. And he picked me up and... uh and he was a fucking weirdo. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I, I have, look, I have to be honest with you. I don't know in all I've taken. I've unfortunately, I've, like I said, I've become very, very uh, familiar with Uber in the past month. And I think I'm the only American driver in Southern California. 
we're getting, and I'm getting guys named like Omir. I'm getting guys like Shaheen. I'm like, you know, and, there, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying when, when a mic pops up, people have to be like, that's a lie. You know what I mean? Or, or like when you meet somebody whose name is Jug Dish and he's like, Hey, you can call me Larry. You know what I mean? One of those fucking things. Uh, but every driver I've had has been of a different nationality, you know, some Ethiopians, Somalians, whatever the fuck, all these people, it's all the cab drivers. You know what I mean? Now they drive cars, but this dude picked me up and he's telling me this story. He immediately, he like, he wanted to talk and I don't, that's not my thing. So I just let him talk. And I listened, but he kept telling me about his weird roommate who was super angry and had PTSD from the military. And he goes, here, look at this. And he shows me a picture of a note the guy left on the door telling, you know, if you, if you use the facilities for number two, you need to close the door because the whole house smells. And, and he's telling me these things, right? But this dude has got to be 40, maybe 45. And all I can think to myself is, man, this dude lives in a house with two other dudes that he doesn't know. And so finally he's explaining this guy's a nightmare. He's laughing about it, but I'm like, this all sounds abusive. And then I'm finally like, why don't you just move out? It was, well, there's a mortgage situation, you know, where it's, it's a, it's complicated. And, and then I'm like, why did I even ask this? Why did I even fucking open this can of fucking nonsense? I couldn't be less interested, but at least it kept him talking and I didn't have to fucking talk anymore. So he, he gets me there early enough. He actually gets me there at like quarter two and I sit outside. I wait for my interview. I go in and I interview uh, with a lovely gentleman from England. And he's been with TJ's for fucking, you know, like 14 years. And I've learned over the course of my interviews, you know what I mean? I, 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 I mean, I didn't learn anything like there's nothing fake about it, but I, you talk to people and you're just like, you, you know, I didn't tell them about the podcast. I gotta be honest with you. I just, I just talked. <laughs> I told them about being a bouncer and being this and that. And the other thing and being an entertainer, a comedian, but I never said the podcast. They never asked the name. So I'm like, if in case that's the thing that's keeping me from getting the gig. Uh, but I talked to him for half an hour, eh, 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And he was like, at the end of it, he's just like, all right. He goes, you know, this is great. He goes, I, I think you're kind of exactly what we're looking for. And, you know, I don't want to say anything. You still got to meet the captain and talk to a guy. Well, you know, we'll get you scheduled for a second interview if they decide to do it. Because you know what? They still have, because they have to throw that caveat in. We've still got a lot of people that we got to talk to today. And there could be a chance that we meet a bunch more people that are better. And he goes, but I, I'll have to be honest with you. I really, I really enjoyed this conversation. And if I can get you in here, I will. I said, great. I appreciate it. So uh, now I got to take an Uber home. <laughs> And, uh, and by the way, those, those Ubers both ways were like fucking 13, $14. So that's another $27 I've spent round trip in the morning. I spent fucking $17 or 44, you know, I'm just like motherfucker. And I, so I don't even know how people do it. So I go home and, uh, I wind up talking to Lily and, you know, I tell her what happened and she's like, oh man, that's not cool. She goes, you know what? We're, we're taking you to dinner. I said, you don't have to do that. She goes, no. She goes, Eddie and I, we're going to come. You can't be sitting in your house and sweat. And I go, I'm actually pretty gassed. You know, I, I I didn't sleep. She goes, it doesn't matter. You're coming out with us. You can't be sitting in there obsessing about all this. We'll come pick you up. And uh, it was terrific. Lily, Lily came to pick me up. And we went to, her friend owns a restaurant in Hollywood. Uh, it's a ramen sushi place. And Lily's like, I'm paying. I have a lot of credit here. And I'm like, Great. <laughs> so I, uh, <clears throat> I ate some ramen and I ate some, oh no, actually I only ate sushi then. No, I think I had ramen. I don't know what the fuck I had. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't an idiot about it, but they kept ordering stuff for the table and I basically ate whatever they ordered. Um, and then the owner of the restaurant shows up and he's a, he's a guy I've met. I like him. Good guy. 
Uh, I don't know much about him except for the fact that he's, you know, he's a magician in addition to owning this restaurant. Uh, I, I will tell you this. He didn't. It was not my card, uh, but it was good to see him. He showed up and Lily says to him, she's like, hey, are you still looking for a host? And he goes, yeah, I think so. We're trying somebody uh, out. We, we tried him out last week. We got to try somebody out this week uh, tomorrow, which was going to be Friday. And Lily's like, well, you know, Mike is looking for a gig. And I should tell you that she had actually touched base with me on that. She didn't just volunteer me. She's like, would you, is that something you do? I go, I'd do fucking anything at this point. I go, you know, I, I, I honestly can't be fucking choosy, but I, but I'd much rather work in a sushi restaurant than a grocery store. That's no lie. But, uh, but also now that I have no fucking vehicle, I, I'm in. So she touches base with him and he says, uh, what would you, would you want to give it a go? We'd, we'd definitely give you a tryout. So he doesn't hire me. You know what I mean? In my brain, I'm like, oh, great. The specter of Trader Joe's is lurking. Uh, but I said, of course. Yeah, I go, whatever tryout you wanted to do, I'd be willing to go ahead and take a shot at it. He goes, great. Uh, text me. We'll figure it out. And it was, like I said, it was Thursday night. And then we get in the car and Lily's like, oh, my God, you got to text him. Do you want his number? I go, I do want his number. But, yeah, I'll, I'll text him probably uh, Saturday. She's like, no, text him right the first thing in the morning. And I go, Lily, I, I don't want to be a pest about it. She's like, it's not a pest. It's showing that you want the gig. I, go, I just told him I want the gig. I go, but I'm also not going to fucking leg hump the guy because he's trying somebody out this weekend anyway. So it's not like he could get me in there. She goes, well, you never know. What if it doesn't work out with them on Friday? You can get in there on Saturday. I go, I, and in my brain, I'm like, I, man, I love you. You're trying to help, but, but you got to throttle down here. I, and because again, she's a problem solver. That's what she does. And she's like, well, you got to text him and figure it all out. So I said, all right, I, I will. That's totally cool. Um, and then I just go home and I fucking basically collapse because I'm, I'm so fucking tired. I haven't slept. Um, and I don't know what the fuck to do. So the next day, um, I get up. It's, I mean, there's nowhere to go. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> and Lily's like, hey, man, if you need to go to the grocery store, we'll take you. If you need to go anywhere, we'll take you. Lily and Eddie have been unbelievable. Like she's because they live, you know, they live 11 miles from me. So they're like, hey, we'll come get you. And I'm like, you don't you don't have to do that. She goes, no, she goes, you need food in your house. You need stuff. So you know, and she's very kind because she's like, look, I know you would do the same for me. And you have done the same for me in the past. I said, I know. But I and she's like, no, but I will do it. I'll be there. Just tell me. So um, I didn't need to go on Friday. I was like, whatever. But then I wound up getting a call from Trader Joe's and they're like, Hey, uh, we just want to offer you a second interview. We'll get you in here next week. And I said, Oh my God, well, that's, I mean, that would be pretty great. You know, um, just, you know, let me know when. And they said, okay, well, it's probably going to be a week or so, but we're trying to sort it all out. But as soon as we know, we'll call you. But I just wanted to let you know that we, you know, we really liked talking to you and we'll get you in here for a second interview. I said, perfect. And they go, and that'll be with the captain. And I said, great. I, I love it. And uh, so now in my brain, I'm like, all right, you know what? I got the possibility of the host thing at the sushi place and I've got the possibility at the grocery store. So then my brain's doing all these machinations where I'm like, what if, cause the host thing was only like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And if I could do like three days at a grocery store and three days at the sushi place, I don't even fucking need to Uber and I don't need to spend fucking gas money. And especially with the car situation, the way it is. And so you start to think about this and you think about that. You think about going here, you think about going there and uh, it's exhausting. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's just, it's just mentally taxing. You don't have a car, 
possibly a gig, possibly two gigs, maybe no gigs, who fucking knows. Your friend wants to take you to buy bread and you feel like a burden and you're doing everything you can to not be that. But it's all a part of that schmitty life. There's always something going down. <laughs> so uh, TJ sets up the interview. They tell me they'll call me later and, and finalize it. I call my mechanic. I, and I will tell you this again, just like I didn't want to text the restaurant guy. Thursday, my mechanic never called me. Okay. And I, I didn't want to be a dick about it because I kind of sprung it on him that morning. And I wanted to wait for them to contact me. <clears throat> so then Friday comes and I get set up with this interview and then, and stuff. And I finally, I wait till like three in the afternoon and I call him, uh, and I, and I go, you know, Hey Paul, um, it's Mike Schmidt, you know, and you got my Camry and, and he goes, Oh yeah. Um, look, I'm really sorry. We haven't even looked at it yet. And I, I'm, <laughs> I'm just like, oh. um, okay. He goes, yeah, with all the storms we, I mean, this is my impression of him, by the way. It's, it's, yeah, with all the storms we've had, uh, and I know it sounds weirdly Canadian or something, but he, he speaks slowly and, uh, with purpose. So yeah, with all the storms we had, you know, we've been looking at so many different cars and we didn't even get it on the lift. It's here and it's parked here and it's safe. So I'm not charging you anything for having it on the lot because we haven't looked at it yet, but, but just, just know we haven't looked at it yet. I said, okay, well, when, well, I, you know, I have to be honest with you. We are, we're very busy. We even got more cars in and you're in line. But from what you told me, if, if your car is in the shape, I think it is. Um, I'm, I may look at other cars first, but why don't you call me on Monday and we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll, I'll definitely be able to get it on the lift on Monday and, and I'll, I'll have an answer for you, but I will tell you this. Um, if what you told me is, is, is right. I, I think, um, I think it's probably toast. (laughs) He thinks it's toast, which I think is a professional term they use in the mechanics industry. I, I think it's toast. Uh, and I'm like, all right, man. I said, well, I go, you guys can't look at it tomorrow. No, we're, we're busy tomorrow too on Saturday and we're, it's a short day for us. And I'm like, all right, so, uh, I'll call you Monday. And he goes, yeah, I, please do let then call me on Monday and we'll go ahead and we'll definitely take a look at it then. And I'm like, all right, man, sounds great because why the fuck not? Because you know what I have? time. That's all I fucking have is time. Sure. That sounds great. So, uh, oh, and also I, I says to him and I go, so what do you think? He goes, well, you, your options are kind of limited, but you know, you could think about getting a new engine and, and putting it in the car. Uh, maybe that's a good idea. I said, okay. He goes, but also it might not be a good idea because you have a hybrid and, you know, batteries for hybrids, they could go at any time. I said, all right. And he said, yeah. So, so just so you know, um, maybe you put in a a new engine, which also I can't guarantee like how many miles are on the new engine. They tell you one thing and it could be another, but also you put in that new engine. And what if in a thousand miles, your battery goes, and that's another like huge amount of money. 
I said, all right. He goes, but yeah, but it's still a possibility. I'm not ruling it out. We could look at another engine. I go, great. I go, just do what you got to do. We can talk about it Monday. Sounds great. Uh, <laughs> I wind up talking to my neighbors. Um, you know, how I said, Lily and Eddie have been great. You know who else have been great? Lou. Lou has stepped up in ways I never even envisioned. And I didn't even ask him. He's just like, hey, man, if you need a ride, if you need to go get anything, you need to pick anything up, you let me know. And I said, great. And he goes, uh, I said, it's just, you know, I said, the Uber, that's kind of like, that fills in the gaps around the entertainment stuff. And it, and he's like, well, man, that's rough, dude. He goes, you know, uh, you, ever, you ever thought about being a bartender? And I said, well, I, I go, yes, honestly, I have thought about it, but I have no fucking idea how to do it. And he's like, well, I own a school, right? You know that. I own a bartending school. And I go, uh-huh. And he goes, well, just come over and, and take the classes. I go, dude, I don't even know where my fucking, uh, where I'm getting my car from. And he goes, it's okay. It's all right. You, you, you know, float you, whatever you got to figure out. He goes, because I get work all the time. I get, I get people, you know, there's catering and there's places. They always want people. He goes, and it's a one-off. You go in for one day, you make money, you make tips, and then and you're done. And it's easy. And I go, I go, dude, I don't, I go, I don't drink. I don't know how to make anything. He goes, I'll teach you how to make everything. Who cares? Unbelievably kind. And, uh. And then my other neighbor, Oscar, comes down and they're like, I said, he told him a whole bit about an engine. He goes, he goes, dude, there's, well, they didn't say dude, they're grownups. And I can't do, I won't do Oscar's accent, but he's from Sweden. Uh, but it's not like, yeah, for sure. He's not that guy. But hey, he talked like this. He talked very much like this. He almost sound Armenian, but he's not. His name, he just, he talked like this. I'm not going to do that, though. It'll fucking, already your ears are bleeding from my loo. Um and my Paul, who now that I think about it, sounds almost like a uh, like a, a fucking Native American voice. Oh, sure, we'll look at your car soon. <laughs> um, but he sounds like that. So Oscar's like, dude, there's an engine place like right up the fucking street, right at the end of Laurel Canyon. I said, you're bullshit. And he goes, no, there's a, there's an en- it's literally called like engines Tacoma or some shit. He goes, uh, he goes, what what was your car? How what was your car? I said, it's a Toyota Camry hybrid. And he goes, this engine is six hundred dollars. He goes, you buy engine $600, they put it in, they probably charge you some kind of, you know, labor or whatever. Now that's where they'll fuck you. He goes, but you have the engine $600, it's clean, it's perfect. I go, yeah, but my mechanic is like, you can't really prove how many miles are on it. He goes, oh, bullshit, bullshit, they would not sell you bad engine. I'm like, all right. He goes, they've been open forever. I said, well, I'll take a look. So I go online and I look at that website and it, it exists. It's a joint, you know, fucking again, five miles from my house. Everything is five miles from my house. Uh, but, but here's the deal. Uh, the $600 engine quote from my friend Oscar, which was no doubt an amateur quote, uh, doesn't jibe with the $1,600 engines that they have for sale on the website for Toyota Camrys. But also I start checking the serial numbers and that's hard for me. So my buddy Murph stepped in. I go, look, man, I don't know. I don't know what this number means and this number and all this shit. He goes, we got to put the VIN number, but Murph was trying to hold my hand through all of it. And finally he checks and he's like, yeah, they don't have, they don't have your engine. Like none of the, none of those engines are for your car. And I'm like, son of a fuck. Of course, of course. So, you know, Friday goes by and I don't text the restaurant guy. Lily calls me. She's like, you text him. No, I'll call. I'll text him tomorrow. She goes, well, you, you're going to lose this gig. No, I'm not. I promise I'm not. He said, literally, they're trying somebody out this weekend. So the next weekend is the deal. But also, I and I had to be honest, I go, look, but also, I'm now going to have a second interview at the grocery store. And, you know, I have to know what my schedule is like for them before I would know what I could do with him and all this. And she goes, all right, well, you know, make a decision. But, you know, you, you don't want to lose everything. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to lose everything. You're very nice. 
but I'm, I'm ahead of it, I promise. Uh, so, you know, the weekend is, is kind of a blur, you know, I, cause I'm, I can't go anywhere. I'm just in the fucking, <laughs> in the fucking house. Now I will tell you this. I have not brought my insurance company into this yet because much like I didn't want to do a show until I had a neat bow tied on everything. I didn't want to call my insurance company until my mechanic looked at my car and told me what was up. Uh, but then finally I'm like, well, I mean, what the fuck? I, I, I should call. And Lily was also, she's like, you got to call them. You got to call them. And I go, well, they're they're not going to, what are they going to do? Because for me, this is going to sound weird. Like you call your insurance company when you're in an accident. And she's like, you were in an accident. I go, I wasn't really in an accident. I'd hit nobody. There's nobody else like hurt or nobody, you know, no other car smashed. I go, I ran over some shit in the road. I go, that's not an accident. She goes, that's the definition of an accident. And then I remember that I, one time I had reported, somebody had smashed my window out on the, on some teenagers and their hijinks had smashed my window out on the street when I was parking on the street a million years ago. And we actually reported it to the insurance company and they fixed it. It was great. They cleaned up the glass. They gave me a new window. And then our insurance went up like $95 a month. And I'm like, holy fuck. So I think that's why I'd formed this black hole in my brain of like, don't call the insurance company ever unless it's a fucking accident and it's not your fault. Um, but then in my brain, I'm like, you know what? If this, if this car is as totaled as I think it is, I need to try something. There's got to be some kind of Hail Mary I can take a shot at because, you know, I got to get I got to get something for it. I have to because otherwise I am absolutely fucked. <laughs> so I wind up calling Mercury on Monday and uh, a lovely lady took my call. She was super nice. Mercury is my insurance company, by the way. I didn't call somebody named Mercury. I called Mercury Morris in the Miami Dolphins. He and I had a conversation. <laughs> and he said, hold on, is this under the Schmitty Life Clause? I said, absolutely. So I talked to this woman, and she starts asking me questions. And we're like, we're going to record you now. Do you do you consent? Yes, all this bullshit. And uh, she starts asking me questions. And, and then she gets to, like, her eighth question. And she's like, were you working for a rideshare company or operating an Uber at the time of this accident? And uh, here's the thing. Of course, you're supposed to say no. But that would have been a huge lie. And there's an electronic footprint on the app, literally time coded to the time of the accident that would show that I cut a ride in half. Like, I mean, it's and also I don't want to lie. I want to be honest. And I in the past, any accident I've been in has been the fault of the other driver. So they never really asked that question. And I wasn't Ubering at the time anyway. The other accidents I had, the, the, the fucking weirdo Osama guy at the airport and the Uber driver who fucking did a U-turn in front of me, the other cars I've totaled pretty much. Uh, I, you know, I, I was able to get the payout from their insurance company, so I never had to answer this question. And she asked me, and I just went, yes. She goes, oh, you were. I go, yeah. And she goes, were there any passengers in the car? I said, there were four passengers. She goes, okay. Uh, Do you have supplemental ride share insurance on your car? And look, man, I I thought it just kind of was all baked in. I never really thought about it. Like when I bought my insurance, they never said, hey, do you want to buy supplemental, you know, fucking ride share insurance? I never even thought to do it. And look, that's my fault. Because again, you remember when I when my Murano got totaled by the drunk chick in fucking Venice and 
Geico's like, yeah, you you put your uninsured motorist down to zero because I was trying to save some money. And I was like, yeah, because when I talked to the, the agent about saving money, she goes, well, we can cut this. They go, yeah, but you did it. So, yeah, we didn't really owe you anything. And Geico gave me fucking nothing for my fucking Murano. Um, so I, I, I wear my part in this. All right. I should have, when I started Ubering again, called Mercury and said, what does it cost me to do Uber and how much a month? I should have. There's no doubt. I didn't. So I'll own that. But I told her I was driving and she said, do you have the supplemental insurance? I said, I don't think so. I just have insurance. You know, when you're driving a car and then you have insurance and they pay when there's an accident, that's what I have. Because I, I just felt like being a sarcastic fucking prick because fuck you. I, I literally, she, I can hear her unscrewing the Vaseline. You know what I mean? When she, oh, did you have the supplemental? <laughs> you know, opens the jars uh, insurance for ride chair. Bend over, sir. And I'm like, no. And I fucking knew then. I knew then. But I held out hope. We finished the interview and then she says, you know what? You should probably call Uber. I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, Uber has a blanket insurance policy for all of their drivers. So if you talk to them, because she goes, well, we'll still try to process your claim. I'm not saying we can or we can't, but you should probably rope them in on this, too, and get them in the loop because they, you know, whatever they have going on might might help as well. And I'm like, all right, fuck. Yes, fine. So <laughs> I I hang up with her. I put my head in my hands for 10 minutes. I throw cold water in my face because I just got fucked hard. You know what I mean? I should go take a shower. I'm shivering uh, like I'm in a prison shower. Uh, and then I call Uber. I go through the app. I report the crash is what I do first. Uh, and you don't get to talk to anybody. You have to, you have to go ahead and report everything with the stuff and they say they'll get in contact with you. So I did, uh, about two hours later, they call me and Uber is done through progressive and she wants to interview me and tape me to same exact deal. So she starts asking me questions, going back and forth. And, uh, once we're done, I say to her, I go, what, what is the thinking here? And she's like, Oh, and she even asked me, she goes, did you have supplemental ride insurance with your other company? I'm like, I don't, I'm pretty sure I didn't. At least my sore ass is telling me I didn't. And, uh, she's like, okay, well, she goes, that's probably going to be on our coverage then. I said, okay, that makes sense. I go, I, you know, the car is at the mechanics. I haven't even talked to them yet to find out what's going on. And she said, well, I understand. And, and as soon as we know, we'll let you know. And, um, but you know, we'll, we'll go and take the car from them and we'll take a look at it and we'll give you our decision. And I go, well, do I even have him look at it? She goes, well, if he's looked at it, sure. You can talk to him. She goes, but he doesn't have to. Now that it's been reported, we'll go pick it up. I said, okay, cool. I said, when is that? And she goes, well, it's Monday now. She goes, probably no later than Wednesday morning. Um, she goes, but we're backed up because of the, and I went storms and everybody's got their car. And she goes, yeah, exactly. The storm's been bad. I go, yes, they have. Uh, and she says, okay. Um, I said, so what's the deal here? Like if it's the cars totaled out, like how does that, is it just like regular insurance? She goes, yeah. She goes, we'll handle it just like regular insurance. She goes, of course, I don't know if you know this, but there's a $2,500 deductible. <laughs> and, and my deductible for my insurance company is like 500 or 250 because I've been, you know, I've been, a, I'm in the good driver program, a lot of their bullshit. So 
I say to her, oh my God. I go, are you serious? She goes, yeah, I know. She goes, but that's that's just the way it is. And I said, okay. Um, what, so I'd prefer to go through my insurance company. She goes, well, yeah, if they can do it, that's great. She goes, but I, I have to be honest with you. They, they probably won't, especially because you were driving for us and you don't have the supplemental coverage. But I will tell you this. She goes, you can file the claim with them. And sometimes the insurance company will cover the difference in deductibles. She goes, so if your deductible is 500 and ours is 2,500, they'll, they'll cover the $2,000 uh, difference. But that's usually if you have the, and I'm in my brain, I'm like the supplemental coverage that for the Uber ride share. And she goes, yeah, exactly. I said, okay, great. <laughs> um, so I said, thank you. And I hung up and I was going to call my mechanic. So I call him up. He's like, oh, hello, Mike. We were able to take a look, and I don't know what happened to your car. He goes, because there's still, you know, it doesn't look like a branch, but it might have been metal, but it tore up your exhaust system and your, your connecting rods. Is that what it is? I don't know. He goes, it looks like they came right through the bottom of the oil pan. The oil pan was was opened. Um, oh, and I, I forgot to even tell you this. The, the night Lily and I went to dinner, we drove back on the same route that I had been on the night before and on the freeway I go this is where I was in my accident and you could there was a huge like fucking just like oil slick for half a mile <laughs> so he's oh yeah so it looks like that the oil pan got ripped open or something and then the connecting rods came right through the bottom and I said yeah I I figured as much dude I've had a I had oil problems in a car he goes yeah so so I I think I really think it's toast after looking at it. I, and I explained to him, well, the insurance company is going to come get it probably on Wednesday morning, maybe tomorrow if we're lucky, but definitely by Wednesday morning. And he says, oh, that's great. It'll be here. And I, I won't charge you. And I should tell you this, too. The Uber chick is like, I'm, oh, no, it was the, the progressive, my chick, Mercury. She's like, hey, I'm going to call your mechanic and tell him that we're not responsible for any storage fees or any fees being accumulated over there. You understand that? I went, yeah, of course. Jesus, you know, just just rub my face directly into the fucking piss carpet. Uh, but he tells me, he's like, we're not going to charge you if they're, they'll come here in a couple of days. And we've got plenty of room. That's OK, even though we've got so many cars. And I said, great. I Paul, you're the best. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, so I'm, I'm like, sounds great. I, you're the best. Thank you. And I let him go. And I, like I said, now I'm just, again, you're in a holding pattern. That's the worst part is you're in a holding pattern. Uh, oh fuck. I should tell you this as I'm talking to him, I, I hung up with, you know, progressive and then I'm talking to my mechanic on the phone and I get a text from the agent who's, who's covering me through Uber. And it says, Hey, Adrian, uh, we're contacting you because of an accident that occurred on the, at, you know, the morning of March 2nd, we want to hear your side. We are getting conflicting stories about how the accident occurred. And we'd like to hear your side of it. Please contact us at your soonest convenience, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I read it and I went, Oh no, no, the, it looks like my insurance company handed the Vaseline jar to the fucking Uber insurance company because they're setting up a defense to make sure I don't get fucking paid. We're getting conflicting stories. You talked to me five fucking minutes ago. Who the fuck? Who else is your conflicting story from? You reaching out five minutes after we hung up the fucking phone. Where did you get a conflicting fucking story? So I want to call her in rage, but then in my brain, I'm like, don't fucking do it. You don't know. I don't know the fucking rules. 
And then I talked to Lily later. She's like, this is probably just their way to make sure that they call back. It's like a way, it's almost like a subtle threat because they want to, and it, it also makes the pre- the person want to help because they tell them they have a conflicting story. It makes complete sense. And I'm like, I, all right. She talked me down and that was fine. I agreed with it. It was perfect. But I'm like, conflicting fucking stories. What the fuck? Who, what, what, what's the, who did you speak to? Oh, you know what? The guy was asleep and drunk. It was fucking ridiculous. And then he ran over a bear. Shut the fuck up. So I don't know. I, <laughs> so now I'm like, I've, I start, I take Ubers. I got to take like eight different Ubers. Like I said, I went to and from TJ's to and from fucking uh, the grocery store. Because again, I, even though I was with Lily, then I had to go to a, a different one. And then I had to go talk to people at the insurance office. You're, you're paying for all these Ubers the whole fucking time. Like, and it's, it's just building up and building up and it's eating away, eating away, eating away at all of my fucking cash. And I'm going, what the fuck? I got to get working. So I, I'm hoping the TJ interviews get set up, but also I got to contact Lily's friend who owns the restaurant. So I sent him a text. Um, this is on the Tuesday and I'm like, Hey man, uh, you know, I'm interested and he doesn't get back to me. And then Wednesday morning, he sends me a note. He's like, Oh yeah. Are you still interested? I'm like, yes, of course. Like, let's do it. You know? And he goes, all right, let me figure out what's going on. And and again, he's a busy guy. He owns a fucking restaurant. He's got two other things. He's got kids, the whole deal. So finally, he sets it up. He's like, you can come in Friday for a tryout. <laughs> and I'm like, that's okay. That's fine. Um, I'll, I'll do a tryout. So he's like, come in Friday at five. He goes, and uh, we'll work you then. He goes, and then there's, you know, possibly you'll work the weekend, but we'll see what happens on Friday. So I says, all right. So... I decide I need to rent a car for like a week at least just to get me to the gig there. And also if the TJ interview comes up, I can go ahead and do that. So I go online to try to rent a car and folks, I don't know if you've tried to rent a car recently since the pandemic, whatever the fuck it's fucking bananas. It is just bend over fucking city. There's an enterprise by my house. They want like $440 for six days. Uh, there's, cause again, I'm trying to get something by my house because I'm going to have to fucking Uber there. I don't want to have to go pick up a fucking car some somewhere else. Uh, but I'm trying and I don't find anything that makes any sense. I even go on Priceline and Priceline, everything is, you know, fucking $400, 390. But then on Priceline, I find a mystery deal. Ooh. <laughs> the mystery deal is $185 for a car for a week. The only catch is you don't know where you're renting it from and you have to pick it up at LAX. So in my brain, I'm like, all right, I got to take an Uber to LAX, figure this out. Uh, but I book it. I go fuck it because it was $185. It's li- It's literally less than half of any of the other cars I can rent. So, uh, (laughs) I Lily, I text Lily to tell her that I texted with to set up the Friday. And so she understands that I'm not a failure who gives up. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm going in Friday. It'll work out great. I go, I'm actually trying to rent a car, but now I have to go to LAX. She goes, do you need a ride? 
I go, you don't, you don't have to take me. She goes, no, no, Eddie, Eddie's happy to do it. We want to do it. I go, it's okay. I can get down. There. She goes, no, it's raining. Like you don't, you don't want to deal with an Uber down there. And I said, you're amazing. If you can do that, that'd be fantastic. So the next day he picks me up at 11 AM and it's me and Eddie. And we drive down to fucking LAX in the rain. Uh, it's early. There's traffic. He's just unbelievably kind. And he takes me all the way down there. And, uh, once I've rented the the car, it tells you where I'm renting the car from. And, uh, you know, you ever heard of Hertz? That's a good company, right? You ever heard of, uh, uh, budget rent a car? I have my problems with them, but still a good company. Um, you ever heard of enterprise? Of course you have. I just mentioned them like five minutes ago. So that exists. But, uh, let me tell you this. Have you ever heard of ACE? rental car <laughs> you want to talk about playing the hands you're dealt i was dealt an ace to go for 185 bucks right so uh that's why i have to go pick the car up from and i said all right i had to, and i had to pick it up at noon so that's why he picks me up at 11 and we'd roll down to the fucking place and it's not in lax it's off site so he pulls up and as we pull up to the building there's like 20 people standing outside the building and I've been to rent a car before and I'm, I'm I'm like, well, they're just waiting for shuttles to go to the airport. That's fine. They've dropped their cars off or whatever they're doing. And, uh, so I go to, I go, all right, I go, thanks dude. And he's like, you want me to wait? I go, no, I go, I go, it's fine. What are you going to, why would you wait? He goes, well, just to make sure everything's okay. And I go, well, I go, I think these people are probably waiting for shuttles, but even if that's the line, I got to wait in the line because I got to pick up the car. So it doesn't make sense for you to wait for me to, you know, to wave at you and I'm picking up the car. I booked it. It's just, it's here. I just got to get it. He's like, okay. He goes, well, I'll wait a couple minutes. I go, no, that's totally cool. You don't have to. He goes, all right. Cause he, he had an appointment. He had to be at a, a thing at like one thirty, I think it was. So he, I said, just take off, dude. You're, you've done so much already. So he splits and I go walking up to the building in the rain because it is pouring again. And I make my way around these people and some of them have their suitcases. They're waiting for shuttles, but some of them are right outside the door. And then I open the door and I realize they're in line because when I open the door to ACE rental car, there's easily 75 people in line and it stretches out the door. So I wasn't the only one who thought the mystery deal was going to be great. And I walk in and I'm, I'm looking and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And this one guy's like, yeah, it's ridiculous. He goes, I've been in line for 40 minutes already. And he still had, you know, 35 people ahead of him. So I get at the back of the line and I'm by some dude. And to my surprise, it actually starts to kind of move at a clip. There's only three open desks with people. There's three, you know, rental agents. And then they have these, what the, they book you in, but then there's a, a television that you have to talk to with somebody off site and they collect your information and they dispense your car. And in the place where all the cars are, there's only two dudes and they have to drive the car out to you. You don't go into their garage and pick it up. It's a fucking mess. I am starting to see it as I'm there. I'm like, oh, this is why this is taking so fucking long. A it's, it's so cheap. And B there's, there's nobody working here. It's a fucking, the system's flawed. But the line moves at a decent clip and I start moving in. But I realize eventually the line is moving in. It's moving in. It's moving in. I'm in line for 25 minutes, 30 minutes, 35 minutes, 40 minutes. Uh, And I'm not, you know, I'm just looking at my phone. I'm not bothering anybody. Nobody's bothering anybody. But I look up and like I said, we're moving. But the reason we're moving up is people are leaving without cars. 
people are going to the desk and whatever the fucking talking and they're just going outside. They don't have a car. They're splitting. They're looking. Whatever, and I'm like, oh, dude, this isn't good. So one of the agents comes out from behind the desk and she there's now there's malice in the air. All right. People are fucking pissed and they want to know what the fuck is going on. They just want to get their cars and get the fuck out of there because a lot of these people have flown all fucking morning, too. So she's going to do busy work to try to convince you that things are okay. So she walks out and she goes, all right, could everybody get their driver's license out, please? Everybody get your driver's license out. And she starts going down the line one by one and just looking at driver's licenses and writing a name down. Like she's not expediting anything. Again, it's merely busy work to make you think that something is being achieved. So she's going and she's coming down the line and she's like, uh, hey, where'd you fly from today? Okay, how long in time? Where'd you fly from today? Where'd you fly? She asks everybody. She gets to me. And now I'm firmly in the middle of the line. There's probably 30 people ahead of me. Um, But there's still a line that snakes out the door behind me. And she looks at me and she goes, where'd you fly from today, sir? I said, I didn't fly. I'm local. She goes, oh, okay. Well, we're going to need two bills that prove that you live here in California, one utility bill and hopefully a credit card bill. Uh, We'd like to see a rental statement if we could. And also, uh, we take a $1,500 deposit for the car, and that's taken right out of your bank account. It can't be on a credit card. We have to take it in cash, and we hold it for 14 days. And I, I like my head is spinning. Like I, I look at her and I go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I go, I rented this car online. She goes, yeah, I know. And I go, it was approved. Like it's approved. I paid for it. It's, it's done. It's, and she goes, yeah, I know. But these are, these are our terms. And I go, well, I rented it through Progressive. She goes, yeah, Progressive doesn't tell you this. Or I'm sorry, Priceline. And she goes, yeah, Priceline doesn't tell you this. I said, so where am I supposed to get a fucking electric bill? I, I don't know what you're talking. And she goes, well, you can just pull it up on your phone. I go, in a rental statement? I don't have it. I literally, I was in a car accident. A friend dropped me off. I've been in line here now for 55 minutes. I'm, I just want a car. That's all I want. And she goes, yeah, but this is the terms. You need to have a utility bill, possibly a credit card bill. We'd like to see a rental statement. And we take the 1500 I go, why would you take $1,500? She goes, well, it's just the way we do it. It's just, it's a deposit. And I go, fine, I can put it on a credit card. She goes, no, that's, we have to take it cash and we hold it for two weeks. And I go, I, what, what are you talking about? Like, it's, it's, it's almost like foreign to me where I'm, I'm, she's speaking a completely different language. And she literally uses this phrase. Well, it's in the frying print, sir. They don't tell you that, but you should read it when you rent it. And then she turns away from me to the guy next to me. Sir, where'd you fly in from today? Like, we're done talking. She's like, I'm done with you. Read the fine, read the fine print. Like I'm buying a life insurance policy in 1964. What the fuck? Read the fine print. And now I'm, I'm fucking juiced and I, I want to lose my mind. I, because, because just the level of incivility I've been experiencing from my own insurance company and these people, my mechanic, not getting to my car for three days. I understand it's Schmitty life. There's always something going down. But I, I just want answers. I want kindnesses. I, I don't know what the fuck I want. Civility. So she, she walks away and I look at the dude in front of me and the guy behind me and I go, look, I have to go outside and find something to punch or scream. And he, they laugh and I go, I got to make a phone call to Priceline. I go, because this is, I can't do this. I, I don't have, 
you know, I'm not pulling up my electric bill and giving them $1,500. I paid for this fucking car. And they go, we understand, man. It's fucked. And the guy goes, look, if I didn't have to go to a meeting at work, I wouldn't even, I'd walk out right now. He goes, but I need this car. I said, all right, well, can I, if I step outside, can I come back in and have my spot? They go, sure. So I go outside and it's now it's raining harder. So I'm on a bench, half in the rain, half not. And I'm calling Priceline and it's going right. It's going. If you ever try to contact them, it goes right to fucking the voicemail web. Oh my goodness. What's when's your trip? We're looking at a trip here from Florida. I'm like, oh, and my ma died. That's the last trip you have. You fucking cunts. Way to rub that in my face now. Um, so they, I have to hang up three different times and call back and I keep just going operator, 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 operator. Whenever they give me the prompts, I'm just trying to get some human being on the phone. And finally on the third call, I get somebody. And this woman is like, you know, what can I help you with? She's, and she's very kind. And I go, look, I'm, I'm outside. I apologize. It's raining. And I start to explain what's going on. And as I'm doing so, people are walking out and they're going, there's no more cars. And this guy's like, what the fuck? And he goes, they just told us there's no more cars. There won't be for another, until 2.30 this afternoon. And there's still, you know, 50 people in line. And I'd start telling the Priceline woman what's happening and how they want this bill and they want this cash and they want all this stuff. And she's understanding and she's listening. And I said, I know it's non-refundable. It says right when you buy it, it's non-refundable. I get that. I go, but there, it's 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 so ridiculous here. And and thankfully, those people came out and said there were no more cars because I even said to her, I go, look, they're now telling us there are no more cars. Now, had they told me there were no more cars? No, they hadn't. They told me they wanted my electric bill, but I'm going to fucking use whatever I can here. And I drop it in this woman's lap and I go, look, man, there's, they're telling us there's no more cars. I was supposed to pick this up at noon and they're saying there's no more cars till 2.30. And, and she goes, okay, well, let me put you on hold. And she puts me on hold and comes back six minutes later and just says, sir, I've refunded your money. I took care of it. And I, just this, again, one beacon through the fog one hand to pull you out of the surf one nod when everyone else is saying no. And I, I thanked her profusely. And I, I said, you, you don't know what this means to me. Thank you. You're so kind. And she's like, no, I understand. It's very frustrating. And, and she was, you know, Filipino or something. She had an accent, but she took care of it. At least I hoped, you know what I mean? It's one of those things where they tell you, but you got to check your bank account in four days to see if it comes back. Uh, and so I hung up and um, my $185 car didn't come through, but uh, I was able to pay $48 for an Uber back to my fucking house. And I got, I got home <laughs> and I, you know, I called Lily and I'm like, you know, Eddie dropped me off and I started to explain what was going on. I said, dude, I go, it, it was 48 bucks for the Uber. I go, plus going to the mechanic. And she's like, uh, you know what? You got to ride the bus. You should buy a bus pass. And uh, I know you're going to yell at me. But I, I just went, I'm not taking the fucking bus. She goes, no, no, you, you, you should. It's like cheap or whatever. I go, it's not cheap. I go, just the, the soul crushing price you pay to climb onto a bus is, is you know, it's you can't. And, and I, as we're on the phone, I Googled it and I looked and I go, I go, you know, how am I going to take a bus from the fucking airport? And she goes, well, you would have had to walk or probably you take an Uber to the stop. I go, well, if I'm in an Uber I'm in the rain, I'm not going to sit and take it to a bus stop. 
and we were at uh, we had a bit of an impasse. <laughs> but I was like, look, man, I'm not taking the fucking bus. People die on the bus and, and not even because they're attacked. They just die of sadness. They die of fucking, you know, fucking B.O. lung or whatever the fuck they're inhaling from fucking everybody who's on that fucking bus just driving around in this fish tank of failure. What a fucking drag. Uh, and she did not like hearing that. She's like, well, you got to do it. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Uh, and, and so I didn't rent a car. I wanted to, but I didn't. And then I was like, well, maybe I'll go through Turo, which I rented before in Chicago. It's the Airbnb of fucking rental cars. And, uh, and I will tell you this, I rented, I rented cars on Turo, but again, it's the same deal. They were in Marina Del Rey. They were Uber. They were $50 Uber rides away. They were just fucking far. And then I, I finally, I booked a car on Turo and, um, two hours later, the guy canceled me and I booked another car and the same thing. The guy goes, Oh, sorry. Somebody extended their trip. I don't have it. And if you also go on Turo, you realize just like Airbnb, it's, it'll be one guy who owns six different cars because he wants you to pick them up all at the same address. He has a fucking fleet. And all he does is he rents his Turos. And uh, I had one guy cancel me three different times with three different cars. I wound up getting five cancellations total on Toro. And I was like, fuck this. I'm not doing it. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. I'm not going to fucking chase this down. So Friday comes along. And uh, I'm going to start at the gig at the restaurant. During the day on Friday, I get a call from TJ's. And they booked my second interview for the following week. Uh, for Monday, they want me to come in on Monday. I said, great. Um, and in my brain, I'm like, so if I work this fucking restaurant gig and that works out, okay. Uh, then I can do the, if I get the grocery store, everything's fucking cool. It'll be perfect. Um, so I go to the restaurant and, uh, I take an Uber, uh, for $24 down there. And I will tell you this. I did actually look at the bus. I did. I did out of the courtesy because I didn't want to fucking bitch, but I didn't look. You know what the you know what the bus route is from my house to this place in Hollywood? This is hilarious. Uh public transit, not a bus. They wanted me to take an Uber or Lyft to the train station in my city. And that's it's a nine dollar and ninety cent Uber, and then take the train to Hollywood and Highland and then walk uh, a mile to this restaurant or a half a mile, whatever the fuck it was. And I'm like, well, so half of it's in the lift already. Why not spend the other fucking nine bucks and just take that the whole way or 10 bucks. So I, I go to the gig. I get there on Friday. It's at five o'clock and, uh, everybody's very nice. There's two servers. Uh, and they show me like, basically I'm, I'm seating people. I'm helping clear tables if I have to, like, it's that thing where like the only thing I have really is meeting people at the register. And saying, how you doing? What's going on? Let's put you at this table over here and bringing menus over and seating them at the table, uh, which, you know, any chimp could fucking do that job. So I'm in. I'm a chimp. So I will also tell you this. He told me he's like, uh, hey, man, you got to wear like a button shirt. You got to do it. I go, and I told him, I go, look, I do not have a button shirt. I just don't. I go, I have some stage clothes, but he goes, well, it's got to be black, a black shirt. And I go, OK, I, I don't have a I have one black button shirt. Doesn't fit so great since the pandemic. He goes, well, just come in. However, you got to come in and uh, you have black shoes. I go, I don't. He goes, we'll figure it out. Just come in on set Friday. So I come in and I'm wearing, you know, I got black khakis, dockers on. 
black t-shirt. Um, and like I said, I, I greet people at the register, take them to the table. Uh, there's a reservation system, DoorDash. Um, but then I'm, you know, I give people hot towels because it's sushi. I got to go get people beer. I got to get people water, you know, and I just, I just dive right in. I started helping to clear tables and putting the dishes where they go. I meet everybody. They're all very kind and very nice. Um, but it's been 30 years since I've had a job where on my feet, I'm on my feet all the time. Uh, since the pizza place in Chicago, um, 25 years, you know, and I'm, I'm a big dude, put on a lot of weight during the pandemic. And so just being on my feet, I've talked about this before, you know, even going to concerts, just, just standing in place, holding up what I weigh is it's physical activity. You don't even have to move. Just the very fact that you're standing there and you're holding up 350 pounds and then you're holding up 350 pounds for six hours because that's what I worked. I worked five to 11. Um, he was going to cut me loose at 1030, but then people came in and I stayed. I pitched in. I was helping. And, um, you know, I thought it went well. You know, I, I got along really well with the servers. I made people laugh. I seated people. And uh, other than the physical aspect of it, it was it was super chill, easy, and I really enjoyed it. Would I rather be doing stand up? Yeah. Uh, would I rather be doing podcasting in spite of all evidence pointing to the contrary contrary for the past month? Yes, I would. <laughs> But uh, but I could do this, you know. I can do this gig, so I can. And also, it's a fucking gift. It's a miracle to come out of nowhere, right? So all I can hope is that night I did good. I thought I did good. We'll see. Because again, I've been interviewing a Trader Joe's and killing first interviews, and then even killing second interviews, and then not getting the gig. And I don't. I can't figure out why. Uh, so I finished Friday and, um, here's another great thing about this gig too: uh, free food. So I took home a bowl of ramen, uh, just incredibly, what a great deal. He takes care of his employees. Super nice. So I have to Uber home and I have to Uber home at 11 15 PM on a Friday night from Hollywood. And the ride was $27. So it was like 45 bucks round trip. And in my brain, I'm like figuring out what I made on the night. Just like taking the gas out of of the Uber money I made. Now I have to take the Ubering money out of the fucking money I make at the fucking restaurant. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. And you don't have any control of the surge pricing. Because it can be normal or it can be... $15 $15 more, you can wait until it goes down. But the later you wait at at night on the weekend, I had this experience once before when I took an Uber to the movies. It was so weird. Like I was just one day, I was like, I don't want to drive. I'll take an Uber to the movies. Took an Uber to the Arclight. This is again, 15 years ago, probably. Uh, and um, that night when I got out of the movie, it was fucking one o'clock a.m. And surge pricing was like four times normal. It was like $44 to go to my house. I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, so I had to wait for almost like an hour and 40 minutes for the surge pricing to go down. It was so embarrassing. Uh, but that's a million years ago. So um, it was $45 round trip. I got home. And like I said, I brought ramen home. But dudes, I felt like 
fucking 350 pounds of chewed gum being on my feet, my fucking back and thighs. Now, I will tell you this too. I recognized that it's just getting used to it. That's all. The first night I knew was going to be the worst. And I knew that subsequent nights, because I'm going to be doing it three nights a week, hopefully, if I get the fucking gig, uh, I can do it three nights a week. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. You're on your feet, you're, you're and then you're you know, actually, you know, you wind up getting in better shape, you wind up losing weight, all these different things. And being able to work there, like I said, it, it lends itself to so many other things, because I can start going back to the gym, I can start making some money, whatever the fuck. Um, but again, I have to hope that I did well. So I come home, and I took, I just took fucking four aspirin, and I took a shower. And uh, I sat down to eat my fucking ramen and I just put it in the fridge and I went to bed. I was wiped the fuck out. Um, Woke up the next day. And uh, I got a text from him and he just said, hey, man, the job's yours if you want it. You were great. And uh, it, it speaks to who I am and where I'm at in my brain these days that I type back seriously. <laughs> Like, I thought he was just fucking with me at this point. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, he's a magician. Could be now you see it, now you don't. But, um, but I, I, so I wrote him seriously, and he goes, "Yeah." I said, "Okay, well, I got to, I got to talk to you about some stuff." I go, "The shirts are an issue," and da da da. And he goes, "Well, look." He goes, "Come in tonight at five, and we'll we'll talk about everything. I'll be there." He goes, and so I said, "Great," and I was excited and happy. To finally again, I, I I got helped out by the Priceline lady. I got helped out by this, but also this is huge because this is a three nights a week that I'll be making money, and then I can possibly Uber around it. And if I get the grocery store, it's just it's a step forward, and I needed it so badly. So uh, I go in at five, and uh, I got there early. I took the Uber again, twenty bucks, and. He uh, he comes up to me and he's like, all right, yeah. He goes, um, I got to tell you, man, you, you know, you really impressed last night. He goes, and he mentioned the chef's name and the other servers. He goes, they they said you just, you never even asked. Like you just stepped up and you learned everything really quick. You learned DoorDash. You learned the Grubhub. You learned the register. You learned the seating charts. You pitched in. You helped. They go, it was, he goes, the, you know, the other people who've tried out, they think that they just stand at the register and nod and seat people. That's it. He goes, you dove right in. And I was like, well. You know, I worked at a restaurant. I go, I've done it all. I've worked as a prep guy, and then you moved up front for the lunch rush, and then I would bring food out to people, and I worked the register. I go, I've, I've done this. He goes, well, i got to be honest. I didn't think it was going to work. And I laughed, and I go, what? What are you talking about? And he goes, no. I goes, he goes, I, you're a comedian and an entertainer. He goes, I know comedians and entertainers. I know people, and they don't want to fucking do a job. They don't want to work. I said, well, I need a job, dude. And he just goes, I know. It's great. It's going to work out. I'm I'm so happy. I go, well, look, I don't have the shirts. You know, I've got to figure it out. I go, I actually can order shirts online or there's places I can go. I go, but my car situation is, and I, and he goes, I understand. As soon as you get the car situation squared away, he goes here and he pulls out a fucking hundred dollar bill and he goes, uh, that cover shirts. And I said, yeah, I go, it, it probably will. I can probably get a couple. He goes, well, yeah, get black button shirts and then I'll stitch like shin you know, or the name of the restaurant on the lapel or on the back. And I said, great. I said, but all right, but here's another thing I got to talk to you about. I go Sunday because it was, it was a five to 10 or 11 on Friday, Saturday, but Sunday was one to nine. I said, I gotta, I gotta ask you a favor. I said, 
I know we're supposed to be a one to nine on Sunday. I go, and I absolutely want to do that soon. I go, but honestly, the first couple weeks, is there a way I can come in at one and maybe work until six or something? Or it, And he goes, well, he goes, what about a split shift? Like, what if you work like one to four and then six to nine? I go, yeah, absolutely. I go, anything that gives me time. And I said, look, because I'll be truthful. I have not done this, something this physical, um, in a, in a super long time and I'm, I'm wearing it. I go, I'll get better over the next week. And even my next week, next Sunday, we'll probably be able to do a full thing. But I go, but tomorrow, if I could possibly do a split shift, that'd be great. And, uh, he goes, okay, yeah, perfect. He goes, no problem. And, and he was so accommodating and so nice. He was super great. And, uh, I said, cool. And then I worked Saturday and again, it was so much better. Everything, my legs, the back, you know, physically, it's just a matter of doing it. That's all. And I will tell you this in experiencing the physicality of this gig, it made me think of the interviews at Trader Joe's when they were like, you know, you have to lift a lot of stuff and you're going to be very physical. And I was like, I look forward to it. I'm excited for it. Um, but in my brain, maybe they looked at me and went, yeah, he's not going to be able to do it because he's a big dude. Now they'll never tell me that because they can't, you know, because a, a fucking battalion of lawyers will swoop upon them and get me fat money. But you know, maybe that's how they felt. And I couldn't argue with it, I suppose. But it was one of those things where I would need, you know, a week or two to round in a shape. That's all. And he was willing to give it to me and I was thrilled. So I was like, all right. So, um, I finished on, uh, Sunday or Saturday night and he came in like late Saturday. Uh, and, and the place is open until one and it's going to be open until two, like starting in April two eight. I'm like, dude, you're going to get drunks in here. He's like, yeah, but it's fine. We get a good crowd. I was like, all right, that's cool. I said, um, so I'm here tomorrow. I go, we'll work the split. You want me here at one? He goes, yeah. I go, um, I go, we have the Oscars tomorrow. So I don't know how that's going to play because the restaurant is four blocks from where the Oscars were. <laughs> so I said, yeah, the Oscars tomorrow. He goes, oh my God, you're right. He goes, you know what? I don't even need you tomorrow night. And I go, well, I'm not trying to talk you out of a gig. And he goes, no, no, no. He goes, come in at noon. He goes, you work like noon to 530. And uh, we won't need you during the Oscars because we're going to be fucking destroyed. We'll be so slow. And I said, oh, awesome. I go, that'd be perfect. I go, so I'll be in at noon tomorrow. I said, yeah, great. So uh, so I went and uh, and I worked on Sunday and then, you know, the Oscars ended and uh, or I'm sorry, the Oscars started and I got cut loose and I took home some food and I was excited to go home and watch the Oscars and eat. And it just it felt normal. I had to Uber again. So I Ubered when you're keeping score uh, back and forth three different days. And it was around the average was 40 bucks a day. So that's one hundred and twenty dollars in Ubers to go around trip. And I know what you're thinking right now, Mike, you should take the bus. God damn you. Uh, (laughs) But I, I so. I was thrilled again to have the gig is amazing. It, it helps. It's a step in the right direction. Um, and with so much other fucking so many balls in the air, so much other stuff I was fucking juggling. I, I was like, all right, at least I have this, this is a bedrock that I can square away and that's totally fine. Um, so the, on Monday I've got the second interview at TJ, which I'm excited about. And, uh, I had to Uber to that. <laughs> So I go ahead and do that and I meet with the captain of this place and I talk to him for 45 minutes. Might have been might have been 42 minutes. 
regardless. But he he asks me questions about bouncing. He wants to hear about shows I've worked. And it's like, and I felt extremely comfortable. And again, essentially, it's a mini podcast for that dude where I'm talking and I'm telling him stories and I'm going, I did this. And, you know, they ask about customer, whatever the fuck. It was, a, again, it was, a, it was a fantastic interview. It went really well. So I was excited. So now in my brain, he's like, has anything changed with your schedule, your availability? I said, well, no, I go, I go, there's a lot of, I'm juggling a lot of stuff right now. I'm trying to figure stuff out. I I go, honestly, my car is an issue, but it doesn't matter. I'll be here, but I can be here still whenever you need me. Uh, Figuring that I can go ahead and square away with the restaurant, whatever I got to do, but I just got to get in the fucking door with these people. You know, I can't, I can't fuck around. They're, they're just waiting for me to talk them out of it. You know what I mean? So I'm like, fuck it. Just agree. So I go, you know, no, I'm good. Um, and he goes, great. He goes, well, I'll tell you what. And he cuts me loose. You know, like I said, we talked like 40, 40 minutes and he says, uh, you will hear from me by Thursday. And I'm like, like in my brain, I'm like, just fucking hire me, dude. Just fucking hire me. He goes, I have a lot of people left to interview today and we have interviews scheduled for tomorrow, Tuesday. He goes, but you'll hear from me definitely by Thursday. Worst case scenario, Friday. He goes, but I don't anticipate that at all. I'll, I'll talk to you on Thursday. I go, do you want me to be a guy who calls? Do you want me to wait to hear from you? He goes, no, I will call you Thursday. We'll get it squared away. Everything will be fine. I said, great. Uh, so um, I head home and then I realize I can't be spending fucking Uber money. I can't. I got to find a Turo that's close or whatever the fuck. So I got into Turo again, and there's one in Van Nuys that's fairly close, but it's a fucking fiesta. I mean, all the cars are small. What the fuck? And inexplicably, I refresh the site, and a car appears that hasn't been on there at all, and it's two miles from my house. And it's, you know, it's fair. It's 35 bucks a day, 37 bucks a day, 41 bucks a day. All depends on how long you rent it. So I, I just rented it for six days because again, this is now, uh, Wednesday. And I should tell you this, my brother wrote, he was like, what's going on with your car? And I told him, and he's like, well, you want to pick me up at LA, LAX and then drive me to San Pedro. So doing that, I can make money from that. So I'm like, look, if I rent this car, it gets me to and from the restaurant and I can do this thing with Lenny, uh, and, and it'll be perfect. So I, I'll, it's like, I'll be paying for a car for a week, but at the same time I'll be making money. You know, it, it makes sense to make money, uh, which is great. Um, so I go, I'm, I get to pick it up on Thursday afternoon is when I decide to get it. Cause I got to pick Lenny up Thursday night from LAX. So, uh, I order my shirt I didn't order three shirts. I ordered one shirt from this website because I want to see the fit when it shows up because it's going to be boxy because I'm a giant. Um, so I text the guy who owns the restaurant. I text him on Thursday and I'm like, hey, I go, I'm just touching base. I want to let you know that I, I bought one shirt. So we'll see how that goes because he had told me to do that. And I go, I bought one shirt and uh, that's squared away. And also, I need to know what we're doing on Sunday. Um, you had mentioned a possible split schedule, but you also said possibly working four to nine. I'm good either way. I go, but I need, um, because I, you know, I, Lenny wants me to take him to San Pedro in the afternoon, but I didn't tell him that I'm like, I have another thing that has popped up, but your priority. So what are we doing? And, uh, my phone rings. It's him. And, uh, I go, Hey, 
<laughs> What's happening? He goes, nothing. Uh, yeah, I just got your message. And, you know, so you ordered the shirt. That's fine. And um, I said, yeah, I just wanted to touch base on on Sunday. If I'm starting at four, that's great. I go, I'm I might be doing a round trip to San Pedro at noon, but I should be in home in plenty of time to be there by four. Clearly, I go. But if you wanted me in at one, I can't do it. And that's totally he goes, well, you know, I was talking to uh, Ken, uh, you know, Chef Ken. And I go, yeah. And he goes, yeah, and we th- we were thinking about it, and um, we really think we're going to need three servers on Sunday. I said, oh, okay. I go, so what does that mean? He goes, well, I need three servers on Sunday because it's just, you know, having a host who isn't doing it, we're going to get busy. It makes sense to have a third server because they can do the hosting duties as well as waiting on tables. And if you bring in a server instead of a host, it just adds that much more of an element to getting things done in a more efficient fashion. I said, great. So that's Sunday. And there's silence. And all of a sudden it dawns on me and I go, wait a minute. I go, um, are you telling me, does this affect me on Friday and Saturday? And he says, yeah, we're not going to need you. I said, <laughs> I go, I'm just going to ask, did I do something wrong? And he goes, no, everybody loved you. It was great. It's just, it's just more efficient to have three servers. And, um, you know, that, that makes more sense for us. And, and, uh, he goes, but I owe you some money. He goes, you know, so I'll pay you out. Tell me what your Venmo is and I'll square it away. And I said, all right. Uh, And he goes, and yeah, we can't make you a server. That's not going to (laughs) happen. I didn't even get the chance to ask. I didn't even get the chance to go, you know, I can do server. I can do it. He just, because I guarantee you he wants to hire women because it's better to have women as servers. They're more attractive. I totally get it. And I mean, I was, you know. I looked like a mess probably at the end of the night, standing on my feet and sweating, and I get it, man. And I wasn't happy because I had literally that was that was that was the best news I had received. And it it was a way for me to formulate a plan to escape every pitfall that had happened and put me on a forward path and for it to be taken away when after the previous week he he literally was like, man, everybody loved you. You were great. You did this and it gives me a hundred bucks for shirts and do, I mean, it was fucking fantastic. And then he pulls the plug on Thursday and I said, all right. I said, well, let me know if anything changes. He goes, yeah, absolutely, man. It was, it was great to have you here. And he hangs up. <laughs> so now, uh, I don't have a car and now I don't have a job. And I don't have any, I have no money coming in, none. (laughs) And I haven't really for a couple of weeks. I mean, like the money I made driving that one week went for rent and, uh, and you know, cell phone and, and stuff like I've covered bills, but like, I don't have, I have no margin for error. And especially now the money I'm going to get from the restaurant goes right to pay off a credit card and uh, and my and my car insurance, which still is one hundred and sixty six fucking dollars a month, even though I don't have a fucking car. Because then, well, I'll tell you that in a second. But I, it's just I, I'm fried, man. So then, in my brain, I'm like, I should cancel that fucking Toro because I can't be renting a fucking car and paying for it. Because now, whatever I made from the restaurant is gonna go basically to pay for that fucking rental car. And then in my brain, I'm like, well, I, you know what? I 
I need the Lenny money. I, I got to pick him up. I can't cancel this car. So, and I got to go get, you know, I'll, I'll make use of the car. I'll get groceries. I'll do stuff. But I got to do the Lenny thing. I have to do it. So, I got to pick up the car later that afternoon. I call my insurance company. And uh, I leave a message. I get a call an hour later, and it's my insurance agent. And she says, hi, you know, it's uh, Andrea from your... And I go, hi, Andrea. And she goes, yeah, I'm just calling to tell you that we're denying your claim. And, you know, we're not going to cover it because it was... Um, you you hit uh, an unobstructed object in the road and the ruling is that you could have avoided it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going 70 miles an hour on the freeway. I'm merging lanes in the rain and there was something in the road. She goes, I understand all that. I, you know, this is the decision they've made. I said, okay. She goes, but you can still go through Uber and see what they do because Truthfully, one of the main reasons we're turning it down is because you were driving for Uber. That's why we're turning your claim down. I said, okay. And she's, I said, look, let me ask you this. Uber mentioned to me that there's a possibility you guys will cover the difference in deductible between me and them. And she said, oh, no, we're not going to do that. Um, because you were, and I go, driving for Uber. She goes, yeah. And I go, okay, no, I get it. It's fine. And uh, she's like, is there anything else that I can help you with? And I <laughs> that's that thing where you're like, I'm going to fucking murder somebody. You want to help me with that? You want to come to my house and just fucking Mickey and Mallory the shit out of fucking everybody? But by all means, bring a car because I don't have one anymore. And you're going to have to fucking drive. I'll do all the killing as long as you do all the fucking driving. But instead, you just say, no, <laughs> no, I'm good. Everything's fine. It's terrific. She goes, all right, thanks. If you need anything else, I go, yeah, great. I go, um. Let me say this. I uh, I think I might want to cancel my insurance with you guys. She's like, what do you mean? I said, well, I received a letter in the mail that said I'm no longer part of the good driver program. And it said this thing about the unobstructed thing in the road. I don't think that's fair. I go, I understand the ride share thing. I go, but the rest of this, she goes, why were you kicked out of the good driver program? I, go, I don't know. I have a letter here that says that I was. She goes, that that doesn't make any sense like that. That shouldn't be the case. I go, well, I have a letter here that says it is. So. I probably should cancel with you guys. And she says, okay, well, I, you know, let's not rush into anything because I'm going to tell you if you do cancel, um, you know, since 2020, they've changed things. And I said, what does that mean? She says, well, if you decide, like, even if you, you quit and cancel your policy and you decide in a week you want to come back, she goes, they will reevaluate you and there is no more month to month payments. I said, what do you mean? And she goes, well, if your insurance for the, for the year, is uh, $2,500. She goes, you have to pay half of that within a week of you opening the policy. And then you have to pay the the other half within two weeks of that. So, so within three weeks, your entire yearly premium has to be covered in cash. I said, why? She goes, that's just our, our new policy since the pandemic. You know, they wound up and I go, that doesn't make any sense. So I, I go, so I pay you up front for a year of insurance. She goes, I'm just telling you the procedure now. So if you do, if you do want to use caution, when you go ahead and quit us, I'm letting you know that if you come back in a week, it's going to cost you your entire premium within three weeks. And I went, all right, I'll just fucking leave me signed up. I'll figure it out. I'll call you back. And uh, I hang up. 
And I, I, at that point, again, it's just this schmitty life. There's always something going down. Uh, this is Thursday, by the way. And, uh, I pull up my Venmo and I just fucking send, send back the hundred dollars for shirts to the guy. Now I bought a shirt. It was 30 bucks, but I'll eat that. Whatever the fuck. Uh, and I just sent him via Medmo. I go, look, man, I just found the Hondo you gave me for the fucking shirts. And if I'm not working for you, I don't need it. So here you go. And, uh, and then I was like, well, I got to pick up Lenny tonight, but I got to go get this car. And so I go pick up the car. Um, and I rent it and it turns out I'm renting it from a car lot, like not from a human. <laughs> And in my brain, I'm like, wait a minute. So I'm renting this car from a car lot and it comes with the, the keys with the little yellow tag on it in my brain. And, I'm, and I don't give a fuck because I need the car. But in my head, I'm like, this is a car they're going to sell. I guarantee you that they're, they're using it for Turo on the lot to make some side money. But this fucking joint is going to sell this car. Crazy. I didn't give a fuck. It was raining and I needed a fucking car. So I got there and I Ubered there because it was raining. I know you're like, you could walk two miles. Yes, I could. I absolutely could, but it was fucking raining again. So I Ubered there. That was fucking nine bucks. Uh, They pull up the Hyundai Elantra, which is like driving a lunchbox. It's so fucking small and shaky. It's like a puppy. It's like, it's just fucking, you know, you're driving it. It's kind of like, you can feel it moving everywhere. Uh and it's bare bones. I got to put the key in the ignition because my Camry was a push start. Just the, it's all. I know you're like, whatever, you spoiled asshole. But still, it's just when you've been driving the other one for seven years, you know, then, then you got to put the key. In, I keep forgetting to put the key in the ignition. Also, when I pick up the car, um, you know, you get in a new car, you start looking at the mirrors, you start figuring out where everything is. Right. So I did that. I looked at the mirrors. I f- figured out the windows, all that shit. And then I drove back to my house and parked in the carport until I had to pick up Lenny that night. So I get in the car, I just split and I get on the 405 to go down to LAX and pick up Lenny. And I look at the car and I'm under a quarter tank of gas. I never thought to check it because when you rent cars from fucking car people, the car's full. You don't even, you don't even think about it. They'll even ask you at the desk that you want to, you want to pay ahead for a fucking refill or you want to fill it on the way back. Cause you got to, you know, you got to match it. So I'm on the 405 and I, so I grabbed my phone, I'm driving in the rain, whatever. And I took a fucking screenshot and I sent it to the dude who rented it to me. And I go, Hey, look, um, I go, there's less than a quarter tank of gas in this car. I'm sending you a screenshot. I go, I'm mainly doing it just so, you know, when I return the car, it's going to have less than a quarter tank of gas in it. I just don't want you to, you know, when I do that, I don't want to hear anything that I was supposed to fill the car up. And, uh, I guess I expected, uh, Oh, Hey, sorry for the inconvenience. Or, oh, yeah, we should have let you know. Or, oh, my gosh, we forgot to fill the car with gas when there's a gas station a stone's throw away from our car lot where we're using side money on cars we're eventually going to fucking sell. Uh, But instead, I got back a note that said, yeah, you would have had to gas up the car anyway. So I don't understand this screenshot. If you've got to put gas in the car anyway, it doesn't really matter where it was at when you left. But, yeah, it was probably under a quarter tank. And, uh, 
you know, I had, I had lost a job that day. <laughs> also, I'm driving that night. I had not heard from Trader Joe's. They did not call me back. Remember, we'll call you Thursday. Worst case scenario, Friday. Well, that was Thursday. They didn't call. And in the car, in my, I'm just like, I'm getting real tired of nobody saying sorry. And I don't know who I think I am. I understand it. I could be some kind of fucking jerk or whatever the fuck. I don't, I don't know. I'm nobody fucking special. I'm you. I'm everybody. But to be constantly jerked around by insurance companies and told no. And then, you know, deductibles that are gigantic and my mechanics, not sure. he couldn't look at it. And other than the, the, the Island of the Priceline lady in the middle of this entire storm. And then the three days I thought I had a fucking gig. It's just been constant boots in the mouth, just total spin kicks to the fucking side of the head. And I have been dizzy the entire month of fucking March. So I pick up Lenny, tell him what's up, but it was good to see him because it was good to see family. It was good to see somebody who would understand. And I kind of vented on him too. I was like, dude, and he's like, I understand whatever. And, and he has a life I envy. So being able to talk to him a little bit about what he had going on, it made me, it was more of a inspiration than anything really. Cause again, it was nice to talk to somebody who I love, but also it was really cool to see him living a great life that I hope that eventually I can achieve. Uh, <laughs> so I drop him off. I go home and, uh, Friday comes, I wait until one in the afternoon and then I'm like, fuck it. I actually thought about going into TJ's, just driving in because I had the rental car. Why the fuck not? But I was like, fuck this. Um, I called and I got the guy who interviewed me the first time and I said, Hey, I, you know, you know, we talked a couple weeks ago and you know, I, it seemed to go well. And I was supposed to talk to the captain yesterday and I didn't hear from him. And, uh, this is an English, he's an English guy. And he's just like, Oh, right. And I'm sorry. He's not here. I go, he's not, he's not in. And he goes, no. And I go, all right, well, he was supposed to let me know yesterday what was going on. And he said, worst case scenario was today. And I can tell you the worst case scenario is that he's not there. <laughs> and, uh, he laughed, thankfully, but also I was serious in addition to trying to be funny because what the fuck? And he goes, well, you know, he might come in uh, to pick something up. If he does, I'll talk to him. If not, he'll be here tomorrow at 9 a.m. And I'm like, all right, great. That's fine. But I think we both, I think we all know where this is going because if the worst case scenario is I'm going to hear from you Friday, but you're not working on Friday, come on, what the fuck? And uh, I hung up the phone and I'm just like, what the fuck, man? What the fuck? And I'm not kidding. Uh, an hour later, I got an email. Not even a fucking phone call. I got an email from Trader Joe's from Captain Happy with the same fucking, hey, you know, it was really great meeting you, but unfortunately, we're not able to offer positions to everybody. And we appreciate you taking the time to join us for a chat and we'll keep you in mind in case everybody dies of fucking rubella and whatever the fuck. In case a forklift tips over and kills half of our fucking staff, we'll definitely have your number in a fucking card caddy so we can give you a shout 
have you right on speed dial. Press a button and get your smiling ass in here. What the fuck? So, uh, you know, so I, I don't get the job at the grocery store. Uh, I, I get the gig at the restaurant and I get fired. And it's funny, like saying I got fired sounds weird, but fuck it. I did. You know, they went in another direction and decided to do whatever, but I worked there. They liked me. They paid me. And then they told me not to come back in. As far as I'm concerned, that was fucking fired. And Lily had told me when I first had the car accident, she was like, uh, you know, you should, you should do a GoFundMe, do a GoFundMe. And I said, I can't, I said, I, I'm, I've got to figure out what's happening here first. I've got to, you know, because if my insurance company comes through, then I'm okay. And, uh, then my insurance company didn't come through. And then I'm like, well, you know, if, if Uber somehow comes through, it's okay. And with that $2,500 deductible, they, they gave me something, (laughs) but it's, it's with the money I've been bleeding out for, because another thing, like, you know, I had Lily, when they took me to the grocery store, I bought a bunch of food. Like I bought a bunch of pasta and eggs and fucking (laughs) lunch meat and bread. Like, you know, to have your, your freedom basically ganked from you. Like you can't even go get a taco when you want one. I, I know it sounds fucking ridiculous, but I'm old. You know what I mean? If I was some young person scrambling and making shit happen, it, it's I've been that life. I've done that life. I've lived that life. I've missed that life. And then I remembered what that life was like and I didn't miss it anymore. So she, I talked to her and she's like, she says again, you should do a GoFundMe. And then I, I talked to some other friends and they're like, you should do a GoFundMe. And I'm like, I, you know, fuck, it's embarrassing. Like I I just, and, and believe me, you know, we, we did a GoFundMe for my car, uh, twice if I remember correctly. And, uh, everybody was kind and came through, but the show was a lot more popular back then. I had a lot more people listening and I don't ever want it to look like I'm constantly in your fucking pockets. I just, I don't. You know, this show is not meant to be that. I mean, I should make money from this fucking show because I'm fucking awesome. But at the same fucking time, you know, I got a Patreon. I got every other goddamn thing. And then we got to go ahead and, and swoop in with this. But but what sounded stupid in the beginning of March and sounded plausible in the middle of March unfortunately sounds necessary at the end of March. So... Um, I've spent a month waiting for everything to be okay. And, um, it's not, I, I can't put it any differently than that. (laughs) I lost a car. I got a job. I lost a job. (laughs) It's the weirdest fucking time. Like I can't. And and I don't know what it is about fucking March. Like I said, in 2020, the, the fucking, I was going to, the year of I will, I was down to 300 pounds and fucking rolling and the fucking pandemic shut the world down. Last March, my ma died. This March, everything fucking fell apart. 
And this is all because of a fucking hubcap. Whatever the fuck was in the road. One thing. Two seconds altered everything. Two seconds changed the trajectory of everything I had going on. And, and, and like I said, if it was some bullshit where I was like a fuckhead or I was a heroin addict or whatever the fuck I'd be, I'd be fucking pissed, embarrassed, whatever the fuck. I'm just embarrassed now because I look, I look silly again. I'm, I'm, you know, this, and I, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be all fucking choked up or whatever the fuck I'm pissed. I'm sad. I'm embarrassed. I'm angry. And like I said, I I just kept waiting for everything to be okay to do a show because I wanted to have a show where like everything turned out. Okay. Well, it hasn't. My insurance company turned me down. Uber came through with something, um, that is, you know, keeping me afloat, but I need to buy a fucking car. I need, I, and, and sadly, you know, I owned my car. I haven't had a car payment in fucking eight years and it was beautiful. I mean, I drove that car and it was fucking great. I took care of it. I got every oil change. I got all the fucking tires changed, brakes. I, I, I was told when I got it, if you take care of this car, you will drive it forever. And that is absolutely true until I ran over fucking Mjolnir in the middle of the fucking road, the one Oh one at one in the fucking morning with four rappers reviewing their tracks in the car on my awesome fucking stereo. And I have been fucking scrambling the entire month. And every time I thought I could, I'm like, well, I'll just do a show and update people or I'll do this. And cause again, like I said, I've been, people have told me to do this, go fund me for fucking three weeks. And I'm like, no, it's fine. I I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. And I'm not figuring it out. I can't. There's nothing to figure out what, what I need to do is I need a fucking car. (laughs) That's just it. And, and I need to replace income that I didn't have. And, and I'm, I don't think I'm anybody, you know, I I don't think I'm someone who deserves this shit. I'm not somebody. And when I say this, I don't, I'm not saying I deserve my circumstance because maybe I do. What I'm saying is I don't deserve everybody to rally around and go, oh, well, let's put Mike on our fucking shoulders again. It's awesome that that anybody chooses to help. It makes me incredibly happy. I'm very lucky. I'm honored and humbled that anyone would want to help me in any way or fashion or care about anything that goes on in my fucking life. But boy, it it sucks. <laughs> and also, look, I know people who who are sick. I know people who have GoFundMe's that are ill, and I've plugged them on this show, and I've I've donated to them, and I've sent what I could around. And 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 I'm not saying that makes me a good guy. I'm just saying that that I know there are people honestly worse off than me because they're actually facing physical challenges and facing real danger. I mean, all I'm trying to do is is keep a roof over my head and get back to work. And and be able to apply myself in a way to where I can start making a real life happen as soon as I can. So, there's a GoFundMe. 
it's posted. I uh, it's posted in the Joker's page. It's posted on my Facebook page. Uh, I don't think I'm going to tweet it because the general public doesn't need to know about my bullshit, but maybe I will. Um, and I will tell you this. Uh, I built it three weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. <laughs> and I have um, I've not published it. I didn't want to because I was trying to hold it off and hold it off and hold it off. But when this show is over, uh, I'm going to publish it. And and what's really funny is, again, and yet another huge mistake I've made. <laughs> I should have an address to give you right now. Um, although, I don't know who the fuck made it through three and a half hours to fucking hear the goddamn address to send me $4, whatever the fuck. The point is, if you want it, contact me. Um, if you see it, share it. It'll be on Facebook. It'll be in the Joker's page. And I will say this, <laughs> I apologize. I apologize for keeping you in the dark. And I apologize for having to reach out to you to keep the lights on. It's fucking ridiculous. And it's shameful. And I'm angry. And everybody's like, you know, again, Lily's very, she's so perfect at this. She's just like, look, man. You need help. Everybody needs help. It happens. Um, and like I said, I've been considering this for a while. I reached out to listeners that I know that are friends and they all said to do it. They're like, you got to do it. You got to do it. And, and I said, okay. And then I'd wait a week cause I didn't, I don't want to, <laughs> but I have to, if I, if I didn't have to do this, I wouldn't, you know, um, I have I have my own opinions about me and my output and uh, what I owe and what I need to pay. Um, and and I owe you my best. And when I hide, and I'm not giving you my best, and then to hide. Here's the thing: like I said, I was not doing a show because I was embarrassed. I didn't want to tell you all this stuff um, because I wanted to have a solution. I wanted to have a nice bow on it, and it turns out it just kept getting worse. There was no; it wasn't fixing it. And if I had somehow put this GoFundMe together, you know, two and a half weeks ago, and like I did, and then published it, um, maybe I'm not in that situation now. But you know, I, I hid under the coats for as long as I could, but also please know I was scrambling. I was trying, I was trying to go through insurance. I was trying to do this. I got a gig <laughs> and that's like, I'm not a hero. I'm not like, woohoo. I handed out chopsticks. Nobody gives a fuck. I get that. But, but I, it's like, it's like trying to climb a greased pole. If I can give you an analogy from 1911, <laughs> fucking idiot. I can't, I can't get ahead. I need help to get ahead. I need to, I, I, I need help just to get back to normal. It's not even like I'm banking it and going, woohoo, look at this luxury money. No, like I said, I haven't had a car payment in eight years. Well, now I'm going to have a car payment again. And I, oh, I need to tell you this. When I went to the fucking mechanic uh, and he told me it was going to be $600 for the engine, but they could replace it. Well, then I finally, in one of the three more visits, I went to him after he finally looked at it. I said, well, you know what? I, I would consider getting an engine. He goes, you don't want to do that. 
I go, you just told me I could. He goes, yeah, but the battery thing, and I, I told you guys that. But then he goes, but I, you know what? He goes, I have a couple of cars here that I could sell you, like pretty cheap. And he goes, I have a Honda Accord. They want 7000 for it, and I have a Toyota Prius. And I go, okay. I go, what year is the Honda Accord? He goes, 2004. I go, yeah, I, I'm Ubering. And he goes, oh, yeah, you can't do that then. He goes, but the Prius is 2009. And uh, in my brain, I was like, didn't you tell me that batteries run out on these fucking hybrids at any moment? And you're going to try to sell me a Prius off your lot that I wouldn't, you know, and I even went and looked at the Accord. I sat in it. I sat down, but he opens the door. I smell smoke immediately. Uh, there's a huge chunk a foam chunk taken out of the seat. And he wants seven grand for it. I'm like, dude, get fucked. I mean, I paid seven grand for my last car and I drove it forever. It was fucking awesome. That was the thing. It was such a, it was so cherry. It was such a fucking beautiful car. It's a Toyota Camry fucking hybrid. It was a family car, but it ran and ran and ran. And so now I'm literally, I'm looking at cars, pipe dreaming, and I'm like, well, I'll just get another fucking Toyota Camry hybrid, but just hopefully with less miles on it and just do the same exact thing because the car was fucking beautiful. But that's going to mean taking on a car payment, which is fine because once I get a car, I can go out and start driving and making some money. And my goal would be to buy something that's fairly cheap and have a low payments. Then I could actually pay it off super fucking fast. But again, this is all wish casting because what the fuck am I going to use to pay for it? So I'm putting up this GoFundMe. Uh, It's a fluid total, fluid amount. And and this is going to be, it's going to go toward whatever down payment I can use for the car. And also it's going to go toward, unfortunately, uh, bills and life and and scrambling up the hill that's built up in front of me in the past month when I wasn't doing anything. And I don't want this to be a death blow. I don't want this to be a reason for you to walk away. You know, if you can give something, great. If you can help out, that'd be great. If you can't, doesn't mean stop listening to the show. Because I'm going to have a good thing to say on this show eventually. I'm going to have good news. Uh, I know it. You know, I think the last show I did, I I might have been too, pre, whatever. I, I had that conversation with Lily where I said, I just want to be great. And that holds. I want to give my best effort and I want to be great. And it it's funny because when I seem to plant my flag and make that decision and finally get around to stopping all the hemming and hawing and going, you know what? Fuck it. Plant a flag. Let's be great. And then I fall down the stairs. And, and again, <laughs> if I would, like I said, if I was some kind of degenerate gambler or I was a fucking junkie or whatever the fuck, I could totally understand everybody going, fuck you, dude. But this stuff that's happening is, is not, it's, it's regular life. It's, it's not extraordinary. I've been hit by lightning, but, but I just, I don't have a safety net and I don't know who does anymore. Maybe people do. I don't know. I don't. And it feels fucking terrible to come to you as if you're my safety net. And I don't expect anything. I can hope. I don't expect this to work. Cause, cause truthfully, that's another thing I, I, 
Someone was like, why didn't you put it up yet? And I said, because, because a, I don't want to be reaching out and begging for fucking cash. Like you're not begging, man. You need help. People need help. I said, I understand that. But at the same time, what if I put it up and nobody gives a dime? What if this is the time when everybody decides, fuck that guy? That is, that is a harsh fucking reality. If it happens, I'm not, I'm not telling you that to turn the fucking screw. I'm just saying it's a possibility. You know, there's no guarantee that I'll make dime one from this fucking thing, which would be even scarier because then I'm scrambling and figuring out whatever the fuck, but it's not scary. I'll, I'll, it's so funny. I'll, I'll spend this whole time telling you about a GoFundMe and then talking you out of contributing to it because I'll be okay. But just let the resounding truth be known that I would not do this if it was not absolutely fucking necessary. It's not like I'm going to take some fucking vacation. It's not like I'm going to get some safety net and be like, oh, la-di-da. No, I'm going to I'm gonna buy the best fucking possible car I can, and then I'm going to drive it into the fucking ground, making as much money as I possibly can as quickly as I can. And anybody who can help with that, it would be so much appreciated. I don't want you to go away. I don't want to drive you away. And you don't want to go anyway, do you? You want to stick around? I mean, I put you through some fucking torture here with this goddamn show, but don't you want to fucking see how it balances out? Aren't you going to stick around and wait for the good ending? There's got to be a good ending, right? Don't you, don't we both think that? There's no reason to go forward if you're not looking for a good ending. There has to be a great ending somewhere. I've known it from the jump. I've known it from the beginning. But I'll tell you this. It's not a life for the faint-hearted. And like my friend Jeff said, it is not a life you want to live. But it's my life. It's that Schmitty life. There's always something going down. You guys can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You can be my friend at Facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy. For, I don't know if that's happening. I don't know. Today is the day they're supposed to yank all the fucking check marks. Who knows? Uh, they might shut the whole site down. I, I'm not sure. You can also find me on other social media sites. I'm on Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok as Mike40YOB. I have posted nothing. I have hunkered down for the past month slash year slash decade. Uh, and I keep threatening to emerge from the morass to climb out of the swamp and engage and uh, and I always feel revitalized where I'm like, yeah, you know what shows that I can go ahead and engage because I've been able to post like I've tweeted some, but like on Facebook, I don't write jokes. I don't answer anybody. I don't because because they'll all be like, where's your show? What's the fuck? What's going on? And I didn't want to tell anybody, you know, that the car was wrecked without, you know, doing a show about it. And then also putting a GoFundMe together if I needed one, but I didn't want to do one. You know what the fuck's going on anyway. I'm on Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok at Mike40YOB. Find me there, if you will. That'd be terrific. Uh, did you know that our great friend, Fearful Jesuit, is a man with a plan and a podcast called The Paranoid Strain? It's ter- it's so great. You should check it out. It's really good. Uh, he's available there. Go find The Paranoid Strain podcast wherever podcasts are doled out. And also our great friend, I'm blazing through the plugs here because I've, I've kept, you, kept you long enough. Our great friend David Hernandez is out there. He has the the Flem Cat podcast. That's uh, two words, Flem Cat, P-H-L-E-G-M. Uh, go ahead and listen to that. He does amazing work. 
terrific shows. I think he got insulted in San Antonio. Some racism happened. Go listen to the show. You'll find out. Available in Spotify and iTunes and wherever the fuck you find your cool-ass podcasts. You'll find The Paranoid Strain and you'll find The Flemcat Podcast. Uh, I have a YouTube channel. Right now, it's just got archives of the show. You want to check it out? Be a subscriber. would be great, actually. I have a Twitch channel. I haven't been on Twitch in over a month. Same thing, hiding. I'll be back Monday. Uh, this show's coming out on Saturday the 1st. That is not an April Fool's joke. I will be back twitching on Monday. Uh, but I, one of the reasons I stopped down was because I wanted to get a new HDMI cord and all these different things. And then I want to, the car, I, my money can't go toward that right now. So that's the GoFundMe will go toward getting the Twitch up and running. I feel like fucking, you know what? I'm Dirk Diggler. We're chopping up fucking Coke. And the guy's like, how much is it? Five grand. It's enough to get the vet fixed. That's all I need. Guys, I just need enough to get the vet fixed. <laughs> and then everything will be okay. Uh, all right. So go find those podcasts that are great. I'm on Cameo. If you want me to call you on Cameo and tell you good things or bad things or good times and bad times, good times, bad times. You know, I've had my share, folks. <laughs> but you can book me on Cameo. Check me out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy, youtube.com slash the 40-year-old boy. Those are available for you to check out. Cameo, it's bookcameo.com, or you can find the Cameo app and uh, go ahead and look me up on there. Hire me to go tell your aunt she's great. Hire me to tell your wife she's the best. Uh, what What's coming up here? We're in April. Easter? Yeah, I'll do some Easter calls. Here, how funny would this be? Have me call up. And like hire me for two cameos. The first one I call up and I go, I'm we're just getting word from Jerusalem. At twelve forty eight AM, they've called it Jesus is dead. And then three days later have me call back. You're not gonna believe this, folks. <laughs> uh what a perfect idea for me to make forty dollars. And by forty I mean thirty. Um all right, so cameo, uh Misfit Toys Co op. Plenty of other shows you can check out there. Oh, and you know what? I did a guest appearance. I was on Danielle's show, Danielle and uh, uh, Christine, their show called, uh, oh my gosh, what was that? <laughs> I think that's the show. Uh, look out for that hole with Danielle and Christine. I was on there and uh, I told them the story about a time when I worked at a convenience store. I may have mentioned that story on here at some point. Uh, and, uh, oh boy, was I tired. So you should check that out. It was a couple weeks ago. God knows I like to plug things after the fact, please go visit the, uh, how to danger with our great friends, Danielle and Christine. I was lucky enough to be a guest and it was nice of them to have me. Um, and Hey man, thanks. If you, if you waited this long, if you've listened this far, I, you're a goddamn trooper. And this show, this show for you is as long as my month has been for me. And it just seems to only be getting longer. But I, I can't thank you enough for listening and being there. That's it. Again, anything more else I say is going to sound like overkill or boohoo or whatever the fuck. If you can help me, that would be great. If you can't, I totally get it, but I would love for you to still listen to the show and reach out to me, man, text me, email me, Facebook me, and I will, I will, I will answer. 
I will answer your correspondence because it's so chicken shit to go, hey, can you guys give me some money? And then I don't even say hello if you send me a note. So um, you're very kind. Anyone even considering helping me, I love you guys. And I appreciate it very much. And anybody who wants to step up can step up. It makes me happy and it helps me out. And uh, let's find the happy ending in all this, right? For all of us. All right. Thanks. Podcast! Podcast!